Hi, I'm Kara Kilmer. I play Sylvie Brennan on Chicago Fire, and you are listening to Minas and Molly's. gonna be all sunshine and roses but i can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride hey shyhards welcome to episode 223 of meet us at molly's it's the penultimate guys it's second to last of the season we have made it we are here we survived the penultimates now all that is left is the season finale it's the, the boss level. It's the final level. We can do it. But we're also stressed AF. We are so stressed out. Oh, my God. Stressed AF. That is putting it mildly. And I'm honestly, I'm still not like 100% stressed about med. But after last night, I'm definitely a little more worried than I was prior to last night. Yeah, I am still, I'm really struggling with PD right now. Like, I, I. Fire, I'm like, okay, whatever happens on fire, like, happens. Med, I'm just like, okay, something weird is going to happen, whatever. I, like, that ending of PD did not sit well with me, and I don't know why. Like, I don't know why. Oh, see, I'm way more stressed about fire than I am PD. I'm not that stressed about PD. I don't, I'm not, I don't think I'm stressed about the cliffhanger of PD. I'm stressed because poor Haley just got knocked the fuck out and is, like, laying on the concrete. Yeah, Um, that was real bad. We'll we'll get there surely it's a fake out and she's going to wake up like two seconds later. Right. Surely that's it. Yes. I'm, I'm not, I'm not coping well with PD and I don't know why. And I, I know I messaged you guys like in the, the pod squad group chat today. I was like, guys, I don't know why I can't cope like a normal human. <laughs> like It's not happening. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What is that like to casually watch a show and not get emotionally invested? I don't know, but I don't, it doesn't happen to me with any show. I must not like it if I'm not invested in it. That must be really nice to be like, hey, there's a cliffhanger, but I don't have to worry about that character. Yeah. Yeah. What is that like? What is the last show you think you actually just casually watch? First one to come to mind is Mythic Quest. Is that that Apple TV one? It is. It is. That's the first one that just came to mind. But let me let me consult the list of what I've watched so far this year. And I'll be able to build, I'll be able to better tell you. I think the last one I like casually watched and hence because I'm not caught up on it at all is Superman and Lois. Like I like it, but I definitely am not caught up enough. So like, do I like it enough to be like, because I think if I liked it more, I would be caught up on it and I'd be thinking about it a lot more, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm literally looking at my list and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Yes. Nope. I think, uh, yeah. And I'm going through like my last part of a, uh, yeah, no, it was Mythic Quest. It had to have been Mythic Quest because I'm looking at the end of my list here. I got involved. Like I said, I'd say either Superman and Lois or the Proud Family reboot. Okay. Okay. Um, either one of those. I, well, Schmigadoon was a comedy though. So I don't know. I mean, you can't really, you get invested, but like not too invested. Um, it's not the same. Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest had to be the last one. Um, but that must be really nice. Like, must be really nice. Um, I left so hard today because like the the Thursday after a one Chicago Wednesday, especially if it's brutal, can be like, you're sluggish, right? Like you're just, you got it on the brain. You got that one Chicago hangover. And uh, I was talking to my mom and I was like, mom, I'm tired. And she basically, in so many words said, you need to stop letting one Chicago hurt you. That's like basically what she said. <laughs> I was like, truth, truth. I love that. You know, so funny. So 
Yeah, we survived. We got one more week ahead of us and, and we can do it. We can do it. I think. I really hope. I'm really Maybe. scared. I'm really scared, guys. Oh my gosh. Okay. So uh, we always start off with the news. We've got a little bit. We're obviously we're hiatus is like right in front of us. And so we're getting to that point where the news just dwindles down. All we have are episode descriptions for the season finales. So Chicago Med 722 is called And Now We Come to the End. Oh, that's so comforting. Yeah. That doesn't make me worry at all. No. Okay. So Will and Hannah clash over a patient in need of a kidney transplant. Crockett is faced with a tough decision when Blake is in surgery. Ethan and Archer treat the son of Med's general counsel and Med's family grows. Okay. But this leaves out the juiciest part. What the fuck happens at the VASCOM trial? Yeah. Well, and really, I was honestly surprised when we saw the promo last night, what it focused on. It doesn't talk about Dylan and Milena slash Joe slash, you know, whatever. It doesn't talk about the trial. It doesn't like, it doesn't, it's all about Goodwin's daughter having the baby, which fine. I mean, fine. But like, I was just like, that's not what I'm most excited about. But also where are they when Tara goes into labor? Because it's the promo- gotta be some brunch type, like donor or something maybe because She's got Goodwin has Tara there, and then Dr. Charles has Anna there. And isn't Maggie there too? Mm-hmm. So I don't know where they're at. Yeah, yeah. Just interesting. And Ethan and Archer treat the son of Med's general counsel. That's gotta be Arthur, right? Arthur has a son. News to us. I know. News to us. And then, okay, so Crockett is faced with a tough decision while Dr. Blake is in surgery. You're telling me that Avery didn't want to be her power of attorney? Maybe she's still mad at her mom. Oh, but come on. Like that, to be like that mad that you're like, no, fuck you. Like, I hope your spinal cord surgery goes okay. I don't know. That's weird. I, like my boyfriend, not really my boyfriend, but. I don't know. And this guy I've really only known for a hot second. I'm going to give him all the power of attorney over me. Like, that's a little weird. A little weird. A little bit. A little weird. Take us through fire. Okay, so fire 1022 is called the Magnificent City of Chicago. It says the big wedding day arrives and Firehouse 51 welcomes Casey back to celebrate the joyous occasion. Emma's plans to replace Violet come to a shocking end. If you only knew the emotional like drain that we've been going through the past couple of weeks of like, what if this, what if that, how does this end? Well, even after last night's episodes, we sit on FaceTime for an hour with the pod squad group chat girls and like discuss just like every possible theory because we didn't have enough of it for three hours prior oh my god it's it's bad like once the season's over and we can finally like openly share every single theory we had like that'll probably feel a lot better once we know what happened but like go i just i mean the biggest i mean the i say based off the episode description the biggest theory that we've been floating around is that his last year's season finale description said something about sever taking Setheride's breath away, right? Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact wording. But so the theory going around now is that like 
Emma gets shocked or something has to do with like a literal shocking if it, you know, because they use that word. They don't choose their words lightly when it comes to the season finale descriptions. They may for all the other descriptions, but not the season finale descriptions. Every word is like perfectly picked. So shocking end. I just, I'm at the point now where like, I'm so stressed out that I got to laugh about it. <laughs> you, If you knew all the what ifs that went back and forth between the six of us on like a daily basis. And then I had a new theory today because the promo photos finally dropped for fire. Finally. Um. By the way, Kara looks so good. Her longer hair is amazing. She it's like not like gorgeous. her long hair from the early days, but mm-hmm. it's not her like super short hair either. Mm-hmm. It looks amazing. Yeah. So my newest theory um, that I came to, I was like, okay, well, there is a promo photo of Sylvie talking to Emma and Sylvie's got that smile on her face and everything looks nice. Right. Mm-hmm. So what if the cliffhanger is Emma coming for Brett? It's. I mean, everything at this point is plausible. I could see that happening. Yes. It's the worst. I hate this. <laughs> Fucking season finales. Oh my God. It's the worst. It's so stressful. It's so stressful. And it kind of sneaked. Well, I don't know about you. It sneaked up on me that I'm like, wait, it's season finale time. I have to like kick emotions into hyperdrive. Yeah. This is the worst. <laughs> this is the fucking worst. Um, which is a terrible segue into the fact that we are chatting with Derek and Andrea next week, showrunners of Chicago Fire. Um, you will be able to listen to that on Tuesday. So yes. if you would and like to go ahead. No, go ahead. If you would like to give yourself even more anxiety before the finale, tune in Thursday or Tuesday. Tuesday. Tune in Tuesday. Yeah. And Jeff and Steve from Chicago Med, they will be on. You'll hear it on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. You'll hear it on Monday. So get your Chicago Med fix on Monday and get your Chicago Fire fix on Tuesday. And then take an anti anxiety pill and for Wednesday. For Wednesday. And then like wake up on Thursday and try and get it out of your mind. (laughs) Yeah. For the next three months, four months, four months. Why do we do this to ourselves? I don't know. Oh my God. I'm pretty sure I like quit the shows like four times during our FaceTime last night. I, <laughs> the, the struggle, the, the stress levels, the struggle. It's just. <sighs> I think I'm feeling it this year more than any year. Yeah. Cause last year freaking squad got drowned and then Burgess got shot like 15 minutes into the episode. Yeah. We have trust issues. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, PD, PD922 is called You and Me. Okay. Um, I can already like picture that scene of like where that, that dialogue's gonna come in. I can picture it. Okay, so after an explosion rocks the case, horrible pun, that's mean. Um, the team scrambles to finally take down Ascano as everyone nears their breaking point. All right. I think the juiciest part of this fire or PD finale, like promo and build up and everything. One of the promo photos is quite literally like Voight and Anna in an intersection and Anna's pointing the gun at him. She doesn't shoot him. I or try to at I least. No, I know. Mm. Not that I'm one to promote violence, but no, but like, and we'll talk about it, but mm. yeah. Um, 
It's not me being like, I want Voight to get shot. It's me being like, I want somebody to put Voight in this fucking place. Yep. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm not okay. Are you okay? I'm not okay. Like I said, this is the most stressed I've actually been about the finales. Honestly, uh, maybe ever. <laughs> yeah. It's because we've been burned so many times in the past. Yeah. I'm not leaving you. And then like, oh, Al's death. I'm like, it hurts. I'm not oh man you literally just gave me chills when you said i'm not leaving you i literally just got chills holy shit i just need to see a screen cap of ritter and i like can hear the picture well somebody mentioned it i have it further down the outline but in one of our emails or it was either a tweet or an email that we got somebody said when severide was talking about the um why can i not think of what the word is that was in the back of the food truck last night the The, propane tank yes and when they mentioned that that it obviously brought back feelings from the end of season seven and i was like "Ah." and like the whistling and how it just got louder and louder and then it just cut to credits oh oh i will never be over that finale just nightmares now you've just got me like thinking about it i hear it and then i also hear Bowden going this is sacred ground and then of course like crew's crying and then like casey and severide crying and then us crying it's just you don't get the shit out of your head well and then every time i think about that finale i think about all of our memories around that finale and i just mm, mm. it all hurts every season finale just hurts yep yep except for the one that got cut short because of the pandemic because then i was we like we can handle those we can handle that because like it wasn't really a cliffhanger so i was like listen everybody's safe i'm just happy that everybody's safe yeah not that i'm complaining ever i will never complain about any show about all my characters being safe i will mm-hmm. never complain nope 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 and there is a theory a fire theory about fire that's gaining traction um started in the pod squad group chat now it has found its way over to our patreon group and it's just making all of us stressed out. It's just. We're, we're not even there. throwing it out there because I don't want to talk about it. And we're not manifest. We we're are not, not man- manifesting no. that shit. We are not claiming that energy. We are cleansing it out of here. Cleansing it. If I had something to spray around my area here, I would. We are cleansing the area of that energy. We do not claim it. Okay. That's all the news we have for today um i would say if you see news send it to us but we're getting into hiatus and honestly i'm at a point right now my nerves are like you know what let's take a break if you see news don't send it don't. to us just <laughs> give us give us some time to recover <laughs> like yeah a break <sighs> okay so uh one patron shout out going in before we cover the episode sarah folkstad welcome to the family we are not this stressed out and edgy <laughs> all the time i promise no no definitely not fun bunch you're a big giant family um yes so thank you for supporting the pod we so greatly appreciate it um yeah if you guys would like to support the pod for as little as two dollars a month please check the link in our socials it's almost hiatus and hiatus means we're gonna have free time which means patron happy hours just saying the best they are so much fun so much fun and probably some live watches. We'll figure that out. We had some, that was really fun when we did it over Christmas. Yeah, that was really fun. We got to figure out some live watches. So if you're out there, patrons, and you have any ideas for live watches, throw them out there because that was a fun night. So 
yeah, please check the link in our socials. Let us know if you have questions. Our patron group is just, it's a giant family. There's like 85 of us now. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. We're all over the country and it's the great. world. World, all over the world. No, you're right. You're right. It's, we're stressed. Okay. My brain is not functioning at full capacity. All over the world. Quite literally. We've got England's represented, Colombia's represented, Australia. Australia. Oh gosh, all over the world. It's crazy. And it's awesome. Canada, Canada's pretty well wrapped. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our patrons, uh, we were just talking hockey, like in the last, the last hockey series, because like our respective cities were playing against each other. So it, it was fun. Like the, we're just a big giant family. Come and like meet your people, make friends. We are all one big family. So all right. It's time to jump into the episodes, shall we? Let's do it. All right. It's Chicago Men Time. What did you think of this episode? It was good. It was good. There was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. A lot going on. I think they did a really good job of grouping characters together in terms of like what they were going through. Yeah. When I think they did a really good job for the most part of like setting up stuff for next week. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we're going to start off with Dylan and Ethan. Dylan and Ethan. They Love work. this pairing. Yes. I want yes. more Dylan and Ethan working together, please. It was good. It was really good. Okay. So we start off. Dylan and Milena are just chilling in the car, listening to the police radio. Is this something cop couples do? Like just sit back, kick back, listen to the radio and like be like, <laughs> that guy screwed. I don't understand. We'll get to more at the end, especially. I don't understand them. I really don't. Me neither. Me I don't neither. understand beyond cops like being cops and that bond and the feelings around that like why do they care about each other i don't understand preach it i was wondering this at the, the way the episode ends i was like yeah just, that's why yeah i still don't but sitting it. here like especially like i mean get it i get it they're listening to the police radio or whatever but they're just sitting there not talking listen i'm like okay like I, I don't know it was weird it was weird so over the radio, there's an officer involved shooting and Milena's like, dude, I got to go. And Dylan's like, you're undercover. Like you can't get made. What are you doing? And Milena's like, I don't care. I got to go. Bye. So she just drops Dylan in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And she's like, you got to go to the hospital. And she's like, okay, I guess. How is he supposed to get there? <laughs> uh, yeah. It, uh, yeah. It's like an yeah. abandoned parking lot. Like, where did you just leave him? Again, makes no sense. They uh, This couple baffles me. I'm just kind of like, I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So lucky for Dylan, he gets tagged in on this case. Like the, the officer involved shooting, Ethan just tags him in. So the background here is that they were trying to do a drug raid and they got ambushed. And so this guy's been shot. There's an entry and exit wound, but also Dylan finds a second bullet in this guy's lung. And so he's like, so you've been shot before, right? The guy's like, no, me never. And so Dylan and Ethan are kind of like, all right, that's weird, but okay, whatever. So turns out the second bullet, the the one that he swears was never like there, never happened. It caused a pseudo aneurysm. I learned a lot of medical terms in this episode because like there were some big ones. So basically like, the blood vessel walls were really thin and it made it like balloon out and it could have ruptured, but didn't. So this guy was like mm-hmm. really lucky. 
I feel like you learn a lot from medical shows. Yes, um, always. Yeah, always. Yeah. So they're just like, okay, well, if the second bullet was going to fuck him up this bad, like he had to have been shot twice. And so Dylan's like, no, like, I think I know a way we can confirm this. So they go pull up the body cam footage. The thing that cracks me up about this is that the CPD guy is like, listen, it's unedited. It's like, it's brutal. Like, are you sure you guys want to watch this? Like, dude, you got a former cop and a former member of the Navy. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. Well, and I thought it was so funny too, because at this point, everyone on Twitter is coming up with like all the theories, right? On like how the second bullet ended up in the chest Mm -hmm. and it was just so funny seeing all the different theories like people being like no it ricocheted back into him when he was shot once but it ricocheted back in no it did this and I'm just like it was just really funny to watch and then it was like and then it turns out nope he was actually just shot once and then was shot you know previous it's like oh okay yep yep so yeah they watched the video and they're like no he was only shot once okay So then the patient finally admits it and he's like, okay, yeah, fine, fine. I was shot once before. This guy's wife has like supersonic hearing because he says it down the hall. Yeah. He says it and she like emerges from the darkness and is like, you lied. Where did she come from? Um, She's pissed. And I mean, I I get it, but also like supersonic hearing. Yeah. So good for her. So Dylan finds one of the cops at like the vending machines and he, he finds a way to ask about Milena without asking about Milena. So smart. But again, why does he care? I mean, he clearly cares about her, but why? That's what I don't understand is why, why does he care about her like this? It's a fantastic question. And the only one, the only theory I can come up with that's like plausible that makes sense to me is that she reminds him of a past version of himself. But I don't know. No, I know. I just, I don't understand. Every time I, like, this episode kept going and going, and I was like, like, it's weird. I'm into this storyline, because I'm curious, I am curious to see how it ends and what happens, and I still don't know if I trust Milena, Joe, whatever we're calling her. <laughs> um, But, like, I don't understand it either at the same time. Me neither. It's weird. It is weird. It you is just weird. just keep saying it's weird, but it's weird. Okay, so when the Carmen and Terrell stuff was happening, I can't really remember if there was any flirtation between him and Carmen. Do you remember? So I wouldn't say flirtation straight up, but I thought it was pretty obvious that um, it brought back a lot of feelings between, for Dylan, at least on Dylan's side. And I thought it seemed pretty obvious that he still, once all these feelings came back to the surface, that he still very clearly seemed like he was in love with her. But now he also seems like he's in love with Milena. So I don't know what's happening. And I, I well, I only ask because then my theory is, okay, well, maybe Dylan's lonely and he's like latching on to whatever he can. Maybe. And I mean, I'm sure part of it too is obviously he's a doctor. Like he cares about people. He wants to help them. Like I got it. I, and he, she obviously remembered too, he, she was his patient first. And so he had built that attachment that way. But I don't know. I just, I don't know. If he's in love with her or thinks he might be in love with her, which it seems like it might, but from the end of the episode, I just don't understand why. I'm with you. But anyway. Yeah. 
So yeah, Dylan asked this cop, he's like, so were there any other injuries? Like from, I, I know a cop involved, were there any other injuries? And he's like very sneaky about it. The guy's like, so what's, what's their name? And he's like, no, they're undercover. I can't tell you. Nice use of they, them pronouns to cover that up. Smart he guy, Dylan. Doesn't know her real name. That, that too, that too. He wouldn't even know what to use, even if he could ask. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think of that. That if he says Melina, the guy might not even know. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think of that. Good catch. Good catch. So then the guy crashes, the patient from the one who got shot. He crashes. So the wife has to decide between there's two different procedures they could do. There's one that's like more invasive and would probably fix the the issue, but it's pretty risky. Or they could place a stent, which is the safer option, but then he'd have to go on anticoagulants his whole life. He'd probably be out of active duty in CPD. And so she opts for the stent. I don't think she opted for it because she was mad at him. I think she opted for it because it was a safer option. Right. But I think she was thinking more about herself in that position. Just because it's a safer option, I still think she was being slightly selfish and picking herself over what he loves. And that is being a cop. Not saying Mm -hmm. he doesn't love her too, which we find out obviously later that he does, of course. But like, he loves being a cop and obviously picking the stent would mean ending his career without even being able to consult him. I think that's a little, it's a hard decision. Right. Right. So that option, she goes with it, but it doesn't sit right with Dylan. And we get something interesting here because Dylan just goes to Ethan and is like, this is not right to me. I think we should go with the thoracotomy. And Ethan just immediately has his back. There's no fight. There's no argument. Ethan's like, I think I know how we can do this. This new Ethan. When I also think, I'm sure Ethan was kind of thinking thoracotomy was the better option too. Um, And so I don't think it probably took much convincing on Ethan's part. Um, But yeah, it's definitely an old Ethan or Ethan prior season seven, I should say, would definitely not have handled this the same way. There would have been an argument. He would have acted like a sixth grader. Wouldn't have been good. So they go sit with the wife and we get an interesting soundbite from Dylan here because he explains, he's like, listen, like my dad's a cop, my sister's a cop, I was a cop. And then he says, he's like, every time I hear sirens go by, I wish I was in that car. We will circle back to that. Give that a second. Uh, They show the wife the body cam footage and the fact that like the minute he got shot, all he wanted was his wife. Mm -hmm. Like from the get go, he's like, Alice, call Alice, get Alice, like wife. And so she understands and she opts for the thoracotomy. Let's circle back to this Dylan line real fast. What are we doing? Are we, are we just, are we just trying to show that like being a cop is really, it was really important to him and it's still a really important part of who he is. Are we like not setting up, but are we like leaving the option on the table for him to one day go to PD? What are we doing? Honestly, I I don't know. I think it's hard because from what I remember, we don't know really what made Dylan switch, right? He told the story that it was something like he saved a kid. Oh, yeah. But like, still, I I don't know. I just mm-hmm. feel like there's still something missing there that why is he clinging on to his PD past so much? It's also so interesting that he would go from like he would go from being a cop to being a peds doctor not just like regular doctor he's a pediatrician Mm -hmm. i would think that if you're still chasing the high of being a cop you would probably not go into that 
Yeah. I have questions. I just, yeah. So Ethan and Dylan, they talk afterwards and Ethan says, he's like, at least she knows a little more about the person she loves. And this is so smart because this is a line that really applies to both of them. Mm-hmm. Smart, smart. So we first cut to Dylan in the parking lot and Melina meets him and he's just like, oh my God, you're okay. Which again, we're just like, what do you see? In he hugs the shit out of her. Yes. And I was like, again. When did he fall in love with her? I don't understand. I don't understand. Me neither. Me neither. So Melina meets Dylan in the parking lot. Turns out, okay, a bunch of gang members got away. Melina's pretty sure that there is a mole in the CPD. If there is a mole in the CPD, this means Melina is made. Made. Mm -hmm. So she's screwed, basically. And so it just so happens at the same time that this is going on, Will is walking to his car after being like accosted by Jessa, but more about that later. Um, and so Dylan looks across at Will and he's like, I have a friend who is fixing up a building. Like, I'm sure you could hold up there. Excuse me, Dylan, sir, sir, do not bring William into this. Do not bring him into this. He is not the smartest. Do not get him already got his hands full with the trial and the fact that they're coming after him, let alone the fact that like the two worlds are now going to collide. I didn't see it coming and it's going to be a shit show. An epic shit show. I'm so here for it. Don't bring him into this. Are we going to have like a gang war go down at the trial? No, just the trial at like at Will's new apartment building that he hasn't even finished up yet. This poor guy. Oh my god. He's gonna regret that investment. Oh my god. And poor Hannah's looking out the window like, what the fuck did I just do? (laughs) Like it's like, is it too late for me to go back to LA? And then of course, like CPD gets called to the apartment and Jay gets out of the car and he's just like, really? 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 (laughs) And Kevin's like, this is not how I run my building. Oh, poor Will. Yeah, I did not see that coming. I did not see the fact that they were going to like overlap at all. And the fact that he just assumed he's like, oh, Will will probably have your back, honey. Mm-mm. 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 But Will will. He, no, he totally will. But like, mm-mm. yeah, just because just because you can doesn't mean you should. Exactly. Not just. No. I love Will. We all know I love Will, but like he's not the brightest. That's an understatement. No, I know. But still, I stand. I can't help it. I don't know. Uh, more about that later. So then the episode ends with Ethan going over. Well, hold to- on. You forgot the part where, because after that whole thing happens, Melena, as they're like walking to Dylan's car oh, or whatever, yeah. she's like, she's like, oh yeah, by the way, my name is Joe. And I'm like, okay cool i'm I'm not gonna start calling you joe now you're still no you're still melena although we can make a country if we want and just give her a double name and just start calling her melena joe (laughs) i don't know yeah so her real name's joe but like i'm not gonna call her joe i don't intend to do that anytime soon no melena 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 yeah so the episode ends because again, that like Ethan gives that line about at least she knows more about the person she loves, and it's twofold, right? We see the we see the we see how it plays out with Dylan, and then we see how it plays out with Ethan. Ethan goes over. This guy's name was Gerald, right? I'm not just making up a name out of blue of the blue. No, you're right. 
Okay. So Gerald, remember, was the guy that had the past with Ethan's dad. Ethan goes over to Gerald's house and it's a little weird, but then like not so weird. I don't know. Ethan goes in. He's like, he's got a bottle of scotch. He's like, my dad loved this. I don't know if you did. And he's like, no, I did. Like, it's okay. Ethan looks on the mantle and there's like family photos of Ethan, Emily, Emily's son, you know, Gerald and and Ethan's dad. Mm -hmm. And at first it's a little creepy, but then it's like, he's just like, I don't know. He's like, I always felt like I was part of the family. And I'm like, that is a little weird, a little weird. Um, but then he delivers this line, which is just like a killer. He just says, he's like 50 years. Like we had a life together, but no one could know. Oh, yeah. I love this scene. I know it's like, it is a little weird when you like really think about it logically. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it is weird. Kind of weird that he had family photos of people he never met before you know like it is weird when you really think about it but I really love this scene because you know even not that he'd been harboring any anger towards the situation right but I think he was really confused and the fact that he kind of finally could put that all behind him and like go to Gerald's house and like I mean he says you know in the line like learn more about the person he loves like learn more about his dad like I I just I really like this moment a lot Yeah. And any anger Ethan might have, he knows that, you know, it it would be futile to direct it at Gerald. Any anger he might have is probably towards his dad, but then that anger turns into questions. Yeah. Well, I don't, like I said, I don't, I think he, I don't, I wouldn't even say it's anger. I think it's more just confusion on like, Ethan wouldn't judge it. Like why hide it from him? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like I said, the fact that Ethan can finally seem to put that behind him and be the bigger man and you know, do what, I mean, he wants to get to know his dad more clearly. He didn't know everything about him and Gerald does know a lot about him. And so the fact that he's going to be able to learn about him through Gerald, you know, I, I love this. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it too. And so before we get into like, you know, the, the rest of it, we do have to address the one terribly Photoshopped photo on the mantle. Did you notice this photo? One. Oh, they were there all terribly more. Photoshopped. Okay. But there was the one that was the pic, the picture of he, him and Pat, but like, whoever's body it was like they had darker skin than Pat's head so it was like quite literally I mean it was so badly photoshopped yeah they were all bad real bad real bad I got a good laugh out of that which like I wasn't supposed to do I know I wasn't supposed to laugh at that scene but like also sorry um yeah got a good kick out of that um, but then there's like a nice little bit of dialogue where, you know, Gerald's just like, well, you know, your dad told me a really funny story about a bottle of scotch one time. Like, would you like to hear it? And Ethan turns around and he does like the, the Dean Winchester perfectly executed single man tier. And he's just like, yes, yes, I would. Oh, my heart. Yeah. Yeah. My heart. But like, I'm, cl- I'm happy for Ethan that like, maybe he's going to get some closure. Well, I think he, yeah, I, like, I'm very happy for Ethan. Yeah. I, I like this new Ethan mm-hmm. a lot. Do you feel any different about the theory that he might leave at the end of the season? No. Damn. Unfortunately. That sucks. Cause I mean, I'm knocking on wood. I don't want it to happen, but like. Nothing has changed my mind to be like, no, he's definitely not leaving. I'm not saying he's for sure leaving, but I'm not saying he's not not leaving either. Again, just to clarify, we don't know anything. This is purely us speculating. We don't know anything. 
but again, that's another one. I'm with you on that. And so even when that was happening, I was like, oh man, it sucks that Brian's leaving. And then in my head, I was like, he's not leaving. We don't know that for sure yet. Yeah. I don't know, but I like this new Ethan. I hope he sticks around. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really liked Ethan last year. Last year was kind of my turning point on Ethan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely like this version of him too. Mm-hmm. For sure. So um, we got a listener thought on this. Jess B said, not going to lie. I'm forever intrigued by Molina slash Joe and Dylan. Like now she has a real name, but I still get the feeling that she could still end up not actually being a cop, especially since she acts so freaking shady all the time. It'll be interesting to see where she and Dylan go from here in the finale. But in the meantime, have a bone to pick with Dylan. Why is he dragging Will into this mess? Will's already had to be in protective custody before. Cue the traumatic flashbacks of Natalie's bloody wedding dress. Thank you. I'm not the only one. Uh, And then, and with the way Jessa was talking about the Vascom people, it sounds like he might already be needing protection again. So he really does not need to be dragged into this by having Melina slash Joe staying at his building. I agree. Yeah. I agree. That's another like part of one Chicago history that I can like hear. I just have to see the picture and I can hear Will being like, I love you, Natalie. And then I'm like, "Ah." yeah. (laughs) The struggle. Any other notes on Dylan and Ethan? I am, like I said, I still think Dylan's the cliffhanger though. Like I could see that, but obviously another player has entered the game, which we, we will get there. But yeah. I, I, I still think it's Dylan though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next up is Crockett and Dr. Blake. Brianna, take it away. Yes. Yeah. So some of the Crockett stuff bleeds into the Will and Hannah stuff. So we will talk about that mm-hmm. when we get to the Will and Hannah stuff. So, but this is really just like about Crockett and Dr. Blake. Anyway. So as we find out, because at the end of last week, if you guys remember, we ended up learning that Dr. Blake's hand is not steady she's having some issues with her hand so as it turns out she has something called progressive cervical spondylotic spondylotic myelopathy (laughs) i'm impressed i literally had to rewind that four different times to get like the full phrasing yeah um so basically her spinal cord is being compressed and she is in like complete denial Crockett's trying to talk to her. He's like, so your options, like, let's go over them. And she's like, no, I have patience to see. And he's like, but we need to discuss. And she's like, no, 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 no. Can we also talk about how quickly this escalated? Cause like last week she was like, something's wrong with my hand in my head. I'm like, that could be carpal tunnel. It's probably nothing. And then she's like, oh, by the way, my spinal cord is being compressed. That escalated yeah. quickly. Um, But so, again, like I said, there's some other stuff with Crockett that happens later, but we'll get there. But so basically later on, Crockett notices that her shirt is buttoned wrong and we have this conversation. You can't button it, can you? Crockett. Pamela, you can't operate. Not like this. You know I'd never do anything to endanger my patients. Yeah, well, I have to question your judgment on this. You cannot do surgery. It isn't safe. Are you serious? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before. I do love, I love maybe a strong word. I have enjoyed recently the last couple of weeks seeing how much it is clear that Crockett cares about her. Like the fact that he was able to just know from her buttoning her shirt wrong, like what was going on with her. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
and the fact that he felt okay, like stepping up to her and being like, you are not okay to operate. You cannot do this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I feel like if he, he could say anything in the charm voice and it would fly. I we really need to do some ASMR, Crockett ASMR. We do. We do. I mean, I'm trying to think of like, like really boring things you don't want to hear, but Crockett could do it in the charm voice and make it all better. Like, I don't know. You just, you hear the charm voice and you just relax and you're just like, just like, hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so their story, again, more on them in a second, but they're basically, their storyline ends. They have a talk on the balcony, which like from those promo photos, it was, it, I mean, and it did, it ended up in the scene. Like it literally looks like they're on the top of the Titanic, like just like, <laughs> hey, cause like he's got his arms wrapped around her from behind. It's just like, they look like they're on the top of the Titanic. Yeah. Um, but basically she tells him that she has decided to schedule her surgery and, you know, before she was worried about leaving her patients and, but then she's like, well, you know, I'll see. And now I see they'll be fine. Like they're in good hands uh, with him. And so, yeah, she has her surgery scheduled. She's that fast. Yeah. She's also one, this scene especially just made me feel more like we're not going to see Sarah Rafferty after this. We're not going to, no, I don't think we are. She, she already booked another role. Yes, but I think that's going to be done by summer. But regardless, I still think we're not seeing her again. Oh God, how cruel would that be if they killed her off next week? Oh, I don't think they're going to kill her off. I wasn't even thinking about that. Blame firing PD, okay? They've got us effed up right now. I wasn't even thinking about that, but yeah, I don't think she's coming back. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Which is like sucks, right? Because you think about Crockett and like end of Crockett was it with Natalie in season six and they had that great relationship and then Natalie left and then now Crockett and Blake and then she's going to leave. And I'm just like, damn. Damn indeed. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, after that, we move into Will and Hannah and Crockett and Dr. Blake are like sprinkled in here too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we start with Will and Hannah and they meet up in the hallway. Will is a plant man. I like, I love that. I know that's what you were like dying to talk about this. Okay. I love plants. Bryna knows this. I don't know if everybody else does. I I'm a plant mom. I love my plants. Not only do I love plants, but peace lilies are like one of my favorite plants. <laughs> I'm pathetic. <laughs> like, Okay. I don't even know what the difference between a regular lily and a peace lily is. Like okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, Googling. Hold on. I'm Googling. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm going to send you a picture of a peace lily. I love them. I, I they're so oh, pretty. I see. Okay. Yeah. They're so, so pretty. So yeah. Um, Hannah's like, dude, like I, you know, nice job with the plants and Will goes, yeah. Peace lilies absorb sound. Did I just learn something about one of my favorite plants from Will Halstead? Apparently. <laughs> um true truth be told i i had a piece lily i had one um did you kill it i did not kill it i did not kill it what happened was it was not doing well at my apartment and so i went out of town brought it to my parents house where like my mom was gonna wash it while i was gone now it lives at my parents house because it likes my it likes their house way better i get you yeah it, it did not like it did not like my place at the time they're very pretty plants i love them just let me have this moment (laughs) um yeah so Will's a plant man. Who knew? Just makes me laugh. He's just, he's a mess. He's such a mess. 
Um, yeah. So she's like, oh, by the way, like you didn't cash my rent check. And he's like, oh yeah, that's because it bounced. Maybe you want to lead with that. Maybe. I, I just know. was like, he's being so chill about the whole thing. And I don't understand. This is my piece, Lily, that now lives at my parents' house. That's like today. I gotcha. I love it. It's a pretty plant. I love it. Okay. So it's actually really good for like air purification too. I actually didn't know the sound part. Anyway. So Hannah's like, why the hell didn't you tell me? And Will's about to say something back, but they get their patient. So they have a patient. She's a 22 year old pregnant single woman who passed out. Apparently she teaches hot yoga. No, thank you. That sounds awful. Yeah, I just, I don't, I'm not a yoga fan in general, but like hot yoga just sounds terrible. No, no, just no, no, no. So there, you know, at first Will is like, okay, well, maybe it's preeclampsia. And Hannah's like, Hannah thinks it might be something else called acute fatty liver of pregnancy. Again, another condition that sounds awful. Yeah. Things I've never heard about. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. So, um, Will calls it AFLP, but he says, he's like, you know, if, if it's even on the table, we need to rule it out immediately because it could be fatal. It's really bad. Uh, I Googled and all it said was it is a rare complication. So interesting. shout out to Med for seven seasons of wrecking my search history. Yep. Here's to season eight. Here's to season eight. Yep. So then Hannah and Will go and consult Crockett and they're just like, Hey, like we need your help on this. We need your knowledge. And I think Crockett's one of those people who he needs to like, think it through out loud. And I get that. I am that person. So he's like, okay, well, you know, if we do this, she could bleed a lot, which could lead to this, which could lead to that. And he's like, I don't really know. And as he's reasoning this through, Will just goes, Crockett, Dr. Asher needs this biopsy. Will. No, honey. No, we did not. No. no, no. He wasn't even be Crockett wasn't even being like an asshole about. It. He was just literally trying to like use that think out loud. And Will acted like he wasn't going to give it to her. And it's like, dude, no. He's just thinking. Calm down. Just let the man think. Like you see on Twitter, a lot of times people will say like, you don't actually have to tweet everything that comes into your brain. It's the same thing with Will. You don't actually have to say everything that comes into your head. You don't. Just again, it's 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 that southern phrase with Will of just bless your heart. Mm-hmm. Bless your heart. Uh thankfully Hannah, like Hannah stops it immediately and she's like, I'm pretty sure Dr. Marcel heard me. Pretty sure. And so Crockett agrees. But also in that moment when she when he's like, Dr. Ash really needs the biopsy, the death glare that she gives him, it's so good. I fucking stand this queen. Me too. I st- I did not think I was going to be a Hannah Asher stan when she came back, but I stand this queen so hard. She's such a queen. Look at her setting boundaries. Like she is making uh, it rain boundaries. I fucking love her so much. It's amazing. It's fantastic. She's like, we've get- done a full 180 with oh, Hannah yeah. Asher. She is, she is a different person. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And then we get this moment. Why do you constantly feel the need to save me, Will? Save you? What you just did with Crockett. Not telling me about the check? Oh, I, hey, I'm just trying to help. Really? Well, or is it because you don't think I can take care of myself? No matter what I do, you are still stuck on how you thought about me two years ago. I want to support you. 
I don't want to derail all the hard work that you've done. That is my responsibility, not yours. I could have told you the minute she came back that he saw her from two years ago. Yeah. So a little bit of a God complex. Yeah, for sure. It just, I don't know. It really irks me that like, yeah, I mean, Hannah had to prove herself, right? But she, you know, I think it's hard, you know, when you felt that way about someone and obviously they were one person and now they've come back and it's clearly their different person. I get it. She was going to have to prove herself that she it has changed, but she did that a long time ago. She did that after like one episode. Yeah. So like, I don't understand how Will still is seeing her as someone who needs to be saved. Because he's a guy. Guys are not the brightest. I guess, but like. I don't know. It really bothered me. You know what cracked me up in this scene is how he was fumbling over his words. That made me laugh. He's like, I I, I just want to support you. And he's like, I, I don't want to undo all the hard work you've done. And she's like, that is my responsibility. Like, back it up. He still obviously, so obviously has some sort of like crush feelings-ish. I don't know what to label it, but he still has something for her. That's more than like friendship. He's got to bottle that up because, again, it's totally clear that she has moved on. Yeah, she is like, you are way over here. I am here. Yep. Yep. This is my arm. I am keeping you in arm's distance away from me. Do not come any closer. And yet Will is like, why don't you love me? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But then, of course, like Hannah setting boundaries and she's like, Will, like, back the f up and in my head i'm just like he means well he has good intentions he's a mess i love him to death but he's a mess Mm-mm-mm. yeah yeah so hannah was right because hell yeah she she's a smart sober amazing boundary putting queen who knows her shit mm-hmm. she was right it is aflp so they have to deliver this baby immediately so they get the baby delivered, which by the way, like the, the special effects on that, like were kind of funny. Cause I mean, it was very clear. There was like one point, I think that baby was like hanging off the edge of the table. It was funny. I got to kick out of that, but yeah, they delivered the baby, but then like the mom is bleeding like everywhere. Pretty much everything's bleeding. And then we pan over. Why is Will in the OR? I don't know. He's not a surgeon. This is like, this has been the most perplexing mystery to me since Will joined One Chicago in general. How many episodes when he first came on was he like, I'm not a surgeon. I don't do that. I'm not a surgeon. And then the forbidden episode happens and who's in the OR? Will. And then this happens and Will is in the OR. What? I just, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And like the human brain does not like the, the human brain does not function on that level where like you can just put surgery away for like seven years and then just pick it back up like nothing that's not how this goes that's not how this works no no so my questions every time will is in the or i'm like what huh you're not supposed to be here nope no no so it turns out the 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 girl she needs the patient needs a liver transplant and it turns out that the, like the mom volunteers because she's like, my daughter's not waiting like that. No, I am right here in front of you. I am healthy. I'm saying, let's go. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And the mom volunteers. And so Crockett is running it solo. Dr. Blake is watching and he's working it through. And like, she just keeps bleeding. It's just bleeding everywhere. And so finally Crockett's like, dude, Dr. Blake, like I could, I could use a set of hands in here. And she's like, I can't do it. She's like, 
stop chasing the bleeding, toughen up, figure it out. And he does. I fucking love him. I He's love the him best. Too. He is the best. He is. The I best. had no doubt that he would have been able to figure it out. No, me neither. Me neither. Just Crockett. Just Crockett things. Just Crockett things. Nothing he can't do. <laughs> no. He can do an impossible surgery and then like lull you to sleep with his voice later. <laughs> yeah. Is his voice... His charm voice, would it work in replacement? Like if you didn't have anesthesia, would the would the, would the <laughs> charm voice work in place of anesthesia? I love that question. Um, I think to Is an it extent. strong enough? Is it strong enough? <laughs> I love that question. Oh, that's great. Oh, the mystery. That, that is something we will ponder over hiatus. That's funny. Uh, yeah. So after that, because again, you know, Crockett figures out the surgery, everything's good. Um, they reunite mother and baby and, you know, the, the girl's mom is just like, you're going to figure this out. You're going to be great at it. Awesome. Wonderful. Will apologizes. All right. I was surprised he actually decided to apologize first. Mm-hmm. I was like, Thanks wow, so. Will, things that would not have happened a couple seasons ago. Nope. Nope. A little William all grown up. Yep. So he apologizes. And then as he's leaving, he runs into Jessa. What? She's crazy. She crazy. crazy. She is like, you have in the outline the word unhinged. And that is definitely the right word for her. Because she is. Yeah. It's Yeah. She's her energy has changed. She's like, well, you cannot testify in this trial. He's like, no, I I have to. I have to. She's like, no, like they're they're going to like they can they'll take you down like you know, all this stuff. And he's like, I don't care. Like I'm, I'm testifying. She grabs his arm and she's like, think about me. Like, how is this going to ruin my life? And he's like, let go of me. It's like, you already ruined your life yourself when you decided to do the damn thing. Like that's not Will's fault. No, I, I, I get why she's panicking. I mean, of course, but like, yeah, I get why she's panicking too, but like, there's nothing he can do. He didn't do any, that's your fault. Right. She, I think she was an unfortunate victim of the whole scheme. Yeah. Just, yeah. But I mean, looking at it from a legal perspective, if everything's like, you know, if, if Vascom is guilty and all that stuff, then she'll probably get some sort of reduced punishment. Cause again, I think she was just the scapegoat. She was like the entry level, little like 22, 23 year old. It's not like she she didn't know what she was doing though. It's not like you said she was involved, but didn't know anything. Yeah, but when you're that age, you're so desperate for, you're so desperate for any sort of career. No, I know. I'm not saying that I don't understand why she did it, but like she still did it. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's not like she said, oh, I literally had no idea what was going on. She knew what was going on. Yeah. I feel bad for her. So I think she's screwed. Yeah, I feel bad for her. But also this just like took the cliffhanger game from like, zero to a hundred because now we're just like well wait is will gonna be the cliffhanger i still think it's dylan i think will is in the last i think will and dylan are the last like five minutes of the episode but i still think dylan is like the end cliffhanger and yet this is somehow supposed to be the mildest of the three season finales yeah like i said i this this episode definitely made me a little more worried than I was like prior to last night. Yeah. Yep. 
I, I'm ex- I, I'm really excited to see where the trial goes, though. I don't. I, I feel like I shouldn't be excited. I should be nervous, but I'm kind of excited. Uh, yeah. I'm just, like I said, I was just surprised that it wasn't a bigger part of the promo. Same, same. But also now, okay. So I'm I'm thinking this through now. If Ethan and was it Dylan? Ethan and somebody else are going to be operating on the general counsel's son. Then it's not Arthur who's going to be at the trial with Will. So Will and Hannah are working together. Crockett is obviously dealing with Blake stuff. Ethan and Archer are working together for the Arthur son finale. But if Hannah and Will have time to do a case and we still have time to have that like reception brunch thing, where do we squeeze the trial in? Well, Dylan's not even mentioned in that description. Where the fuck is Dylan? And Vanessa and Maggie, which we're about to talk about in two seconds. Yeah. Which I guess, speaking of Vanessa and Maggie, we can move right into their storyline because that also I feel like is going to end on some kind of cliffhangery something. Take it away. So basically they are working together this week and they end up with a patient who is paranoid that she has ALS. She's basically been to a ton of different doctors and nobody, you know, has been diagnosed with like everything you can think of. And of course she has like no real concrete answers. So they're doing that. And basically Vanessa ends up asking Maggie, she's like, Hey, have you made any progress on my biological father? And Maggie's like, no, you know, I hadn't. And all of a sudden who pops out around the corner than none other than Ben. Oh my goodness. He's still alive. Thank God. Thank God. I know. But it is a definitely a different version of Ben because this Ben has a beard and hair. I honestly almost didn't recognize him for a second. I asked y'all if he had been recast. (laughs) That's serious. Well, and then once I was thinking about it today, I was like, you know what? When we first met him, he was going through cancer and chemo like Maggie was. Yeah. So obviously makes sense. But like, I just, yeah, we haven't seen him in like, a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I was surprised in a good way. Cause we've just been, I've just, I needed some acknowledgement that Ben was still around, that Maggie and Ben were still happily married. I needed yep. it. But anyway, so it becomes clear though, that like, cause Maggie is very kind of skittish around the whole Vanessa conversation. So like, I don't think she's told Ben that like Vanessa wants her to find her biological father that yeah that part was that like kind of blew my mind I don't understand and then how I mean she mentioned a good one at one point that she was like Ben didn't really want me to find Vanessa yeah we knew that I forgot about that yeah so does that mean it's awkward around Ben and Vanessa no I think it was not that Ben didn't want her to find Vanessa as in like we can't bring your daughter into my life like not in that way mm-hmm. but like in a you signed papers you said you weren't going to contact her you broke the thing like I don't think it's a good idea for you to break the contract or whatever and contact her in that way I think he thought it was a bad idea for Maggie to seek out Vanessa mm-hmm. so yeah um but nothing so going back to Vanessa's patience so basically like Vanessa can't find anything wrong with her nothing all of her tests came back normal you know whatever and then of course she starts sobbing because all she wants she knows in her gut that something is wrong with her and so she just wants some answers 
So then we bring in Dr. Charles. Um, and basically, like, he, there's not really a ton he can do either. So basically, he ends up just, like, kind of encouraging Vanessa to, like, keep digging and maybe she'll find something. So we have Maggie go find Goodwin and give her some advice. And of course it's on the green screen balcony too, because we were just blessed with not one, but two balcony scenes this week. Everyone loves to meet in front of the green screen. Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, here's Goodwin and Maggie. When I told you about Vanessa's biological father, there's a part I left out. I loved him at the time. Deeply. Okay. But my life is great right now. Ben is great. But this man, Grant, if I see him again, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what I might feel. What happens if those old feelings are still there? And what happens when he sees Vanessa, our perfect daughter? Sharon, I'm lost. Maggie, I wish I could tell you what to do. I can't. But it does sound to me like you're already thinking 10 steps ahead. Whatever you decide, it'll come from the heart. And that's the best any of us can do. I swear to God, if they are going down the like, which obviously it kind of seems like they are, like as soon as Maggie sees her like high school boyfriend or whoever this guy, whatever, you know, this past love that she like falls in love with him again. And like, I just, I don't want that. Like, I don't need that part. I don't need that drama in it. This did not sit well with me at all. How no. Maggie was like, I'm afraid if I find him, I'm pretty much going to feel all the same feelings again. That's so, not how this works. I mean, it does kind of, but like, that's not really how this works. Are you implying that you like, you were might- going to cheat on Ben? Yes. I did not like that. I didn't like it either. That's not how this works. No, no. I always, of course, it was very obvious, right? That I think they're setting it up to be that like whenever Maggie does track down Vanessa's father, that like he's probably not going to be happy about the whole situation. I was expecting that conflict, right? Mm-hmm. I was not expecting Maggie to also have some like long harboring feelings for him. And I'm like, wait, what? I don't understand. It's been like 25 years. You haven't seen or spoken to this man at all. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. And you're in love with your husband. You are in love with your husband. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it. No. So Vanessa Payson basically refuses to complete the psychiatric psychiatric questionnaire. And then she like gets to the point she yells and she throws something at Vanessa. And so Dr. Charles starts asking her about her outburst. And he ends up realizing that it actually might not be psychosomatic after all. Dr. Charles. He he's the best. Like he really is the heart of the show. This this made me think a little bit just how he was like like just how quickly he zeroed in and he was like, "You know what? This actually might not be psychosomatic." Like I wonder if psychi- like, how did Dr. Charles find psychiatry? Did he always want to be a psychiatrist or did he specialize in something else and then find it? Like that's in, that I want to know. 
That'd be a great question if we ever got to have Oliver Platt on the podcast. Yeah, if we ever stopped like fangirling over the fact that it's like freaking Oliver Platt. I, well, duh. I'm yeah. telling you, on one Chicago day, he like chimed in on a question that I had asked. And in my brain, I was like, Oliver Platt is talking to me. Legend. Yeah. Dude's a legend. Um, so he ends up finding some old motivational speech and has the patient read a sentence and her speech pattern is completely different. So basically it's something called pseudo bulbar effect, Mm -hmm. which it basically ends up, it's ALS is what she, you know, early ALS. Um, and the patient honestly, is just like so relieved she literally, she's like, I mean, I was kind of, you know, that was my worst fear, but at least I have something now. Like there is a di- a concrete diagnosis that I can go by. Um, also, this patient very much distracted me because every time I see her, because she was on Glee and every time I see her, it just brings me back in all my feels. I just, she distracts me every time. And she's been on some stuff recently. Like she was on station 19 relatively recently. And I was just like, oh, my art, my art. I, I saw I saw the mention of that in a couple of different chats, and not only was she on Glee, but she was Spin's mom, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt I felt for you and and my other Gleek friends because I was just like, oh, I know that that's gotta hurt the feels. Yeah, every time I see her in something, I'm I'm like happy to see her, but I'm like, nah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But anyway, so Maggie at the end of this episode, Maggie looks up Vanessa's father and like she found i mean she has like basically all but contacted him like she found whatever i don't remember if there was like a company name or whatever but she's like found his like website like he she knows where he works whatever and like but she hasn't done anything and then like ben comes by and she just like shuts the computer i'm like what are you doing don't do this maggie i swear to god if we really go there i'm mm, mm, i'm getting mad just thinking about it no, i wasn't I'm, even mad that mad before this but like talking about it i'm like no i swear to god yep nope with you with you um yeah but then it really ends because and again it kind of this one last scene ends it leads into the dr charles part two a little bit which we'll get to in two seconds but vanessa asked dr charles like why he picked that particular video and he's just like you know I don't really know. It's basically a video about like keeping secrets from your kids and how like that's usually what you need to tell them the most is what you're hiding from them. Yeah. There, uh, yes, he says he doesn't know, but there was a reason he picked Mm -hmm. it, obviously. Um, But yeah, that's really where we're at with Vanessa and Maggie, which like, again. I know. There, we go there. Yeah, yeah. So- Last up, we do have Dr. Charles again. Oh, we had a listener listener thought. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Jess B said, yay, we finally got to see Ben again. I found that storyline kind of meh. Maggie not wanting to see Vanessa's father again because of unresolved romantic feelings was just not it for me. But at least we got to see a Ben appearance out of it. I mean, yeah, I'll always take a Ben appearance. But I swear, if the Ben appearance, if Maggie ruins any future Ben appearances, I will be mad. And I will be with you on that. Mm-hmm. yep yep so last up we do have dr charles again this was just a quick little blurb they did a very good job in this episode of like intertwining characters and having their own individual thing but then working together um yeah so uh we start this episode and dr charles is having coffee with lonnie so that's going well all right mm-hmm. cool um anna shows up like hi anna 
Hey, when was the last time we saw her? A long time ago too, right? Have we seen her this season? I want to say it was last season was the last time we saw her. I got to look it up. Who I, I want to look up who plays her so I can figure out when the last time we saw her is. She's a great little actress too. She's great. Yeah. So Dr. Charles had left his phone at the house. And so she came to deliver it. And um, he was just like, oh my God, like, thank you. And he introduces Lonnie as his colleague. And it's super awkward, even more so because Anna's like, yeah, we've met. Like, did that family therapy thing a while back? Okay. Mm-hmm. So after the whole case goes down and after we hear the line about, you know, telling your, your daughter or telling your child the secret that, you know, they need to hear it the most. Dr. Charles goes in her room to try and tell her, but it turns out sweet little Anna had a breakup. Don't hurt our little, don't hurt our girl. Also, speaking of her, the last episode she was in was season six, episode 12. So it's been a hot minute. Was that the one where she thought she was pregnant? Um, I don't know. I think so. Maybe. I'm trying to figure it out. Because that's the last time I remember seeing her, but I could be wrong. No, we saw her after the pregnancy scare, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So after the case, yeah, he's, so that goes down. She had a breakup and she's crying and she's so upset. And I don't know who this Luke guy is, but I want to kick his ass. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Charles opts not to tell her. She's just like, you wanted to talk to me about something. He's like, you know what? Never mind. Never mind. It's cool. But I don't wanna, like, what does he think her reaction is going to be to them dating? Like the fact that he's dating again. I mean, he's been married how many times before? Like, I don't feel like that should be weird to her. Right. And, and he's been divorced from her mother for quite some time. That's what I'm saying. And then like remarried his first, like he's been married, but even beyond his first two marriages, I mean, I think he's been married more than that. Like, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's the fact that he's like seeing someone that should bother. Like, I don't know why he's so worried about it. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. Nope. Me neither. Me neither. Mm. Any other notes on med? No, it was good. I'm I am I am excited for the finale. I hope it doesn't let me down. Um, because as I we know, I have definitely some hot takes about um the finale of Med. So I hope it doesn't let me down, but I am excited for this one. I am definitely the least nervous of the three for for this one. Yes, but still now more nervous than I was. Yeah, don't hurt well. Just don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Next week is going to be interesting. I mean, Tara has the baby. The Vascom trial presumably is going down. Whatever happens with Dylan and Milena presumably happens. Yeah. A lot of question marks. Mm -hmm. A lot of question marks. All right. Moving into fire. Oh, man. I was so stressed out for this one. Like, supremely stressed out. And then it ended up being like, okay. No, this was good. It definitely, though, sets up, of course. I mean, it does a really good job of setting up the finale, though. Yeah. I think what I forgot, what I lost sight of here is, like, you got to remember in season finale time that fire is, like, fire's strong point is the last five minutes. That's what fire harps on. PDs is the penultimate going into the finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it held, definitely held true this year. Well, we don't know about the last five minutes yet, but still. What else can you do after you drown squad in Lake Michigan? What else can don't you throw it, don't, do? Don't even say that. Don't even say that. Derek, listen, we don't need to, we don't need Derek hearing you say, what else can you do? Because then we're just going to be like, 
seeing him in season 11 being like if anybody like, if anybody from the firewriters room is out there who is not Derek can you just do us a favor and like hide all the action movies from Derek like don't give him don't give him any ideas hide all the action movies maybe replace them with like soothing calm like meditations and and yeah just don't give him any ideas what else can they possibly do i don't know i really i really don't know what's gonna happen next week and i am like very nervous we are not okay like nope we are not okay nope 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 until 10 p.m eastern on next Wednesday, May 25th, I will not be okay. Well, that's the end of fire. That's the, okay. I will not be okay until 11 o'clock Eastern when I know everybody, like I know everybody's fates. Yeah. 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 <sighs> I know. I know. Just like check on your fellow shyhards if you haven't already, because we're not, we're not doing great. Mm-mm. We're not doing great. Just. You know, and if you have a non-shy heart in your life, like explain it to them, explain it to them and just be like, I need you right now. Cause I'm, I'm not, not doing too hot. I'm a little stressed out because of, because of this fictional universe. I'm so stressed out. I'm so stressed out. I know. <sighs> Fire. So we're going to start off with Hawkani. <sighs> Bless them. And Emma. The, the, the bright spot in what has been a very crazy season. And Emma. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so the episode starts off with some like post sexy time conversation. I'm guessing this is the scene like Jimmy and Hanako had posted pictures of them in like robes, and Jimmy's was like Hawaiian print or something. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I'm thinking that's what this is from. Like post sexy time, cool. Like live your best life, both of you. I support this. Go be happy. Um, and we start off with this soundbite. I'm gonna kick her ass when I see her. You know that, right? I know it's frustrating, but I have to make Emma think I'm playing her game. I don't think she was bluffing about writing a report, and if she files it, I won't be able to stop whatever happens next. Me getting fired, you mean? Me too, most likely. What? You don't think I'd let you get on alone, do you? That just makes it worse, you know? Don't worry. I won't let that happen. I'll figure something out. We got two weeks till Brett's back on shift. Let's not do anything to provoke Emma. Not a word about this to anyone. Okay? I just love this. Like, I know that Violet is obviously, like, she doesn't want his, she doesn't want him dragging his own career down for the sake of, like, being by her side. But I love the fact that he, I mean, again, I don't want to see him also ruin his career for her, but I love the fact that he's like, yeah, like I'm with you, whatever you, you know, if you're getting fired, I'm getting fired. Like, I love it so much. This is so bad. And I love the way she opened it with like, I'm going to kick her ass next time. Like, you know that, right? I would pay such good money to see Violet kick Emma's ass. I stand a queen who says exactly what is on her mind. I, well, yeah. I just, I'm so ready. I, I would pay good, like, pay-per-view money <laughs> to see Violet kick Emma's ass. Like, celebrity deathmatch? Do you even know what that is? No. Oh, my God. Sorry. My old age rears its head again. 
I mean, I'm assuming I got an idea. I'm assuming it's like two celebrities going against each other in like a wrestling type. It was it was a thing. show on MTV in like the mid to late 90s. It was in TV. That was not what I thought you were going to say. Never mind. Yeah, it was a show on MTV in the mid to late 90s where they would basically take celebrities and make like it was like claymation and uh, they would fight each other. It... So it wasn't really them fighting? No, no. It was like the claymation versions of them. I Oh. <laughs> Sometimes I feel really bad for you that you were born in the mid nineties. Cause you missed out on what was like a really badass decade. Yeah. I don't really remember much of the nineties. I'm trying to find a good celebrity death match video to send you. <laughs> oh my God. Oh man. You missed out on a pretty great era. Like the nineties were pretty fantastic. Um, okay. So let's see. Um, Beavis and Butthead fought each other in claymation. Buster Rhymes fought Shakespeare. Again, the 90s were a crazy time. What the fuck? Um, Chris, Walk, Chris Rock versus The Rock. Mariah Carey versus Jim Carrey. Okay. It was a, it was a weird time. It was just a weird time. That's wild. Oh, it's on Paramount Plus. Ah. That's wild. Okay. Well, we're watching just one episode in two weeks when you are here with me. Um, <laughs> that is right. That is right. We will be together in two weeks. I cannot wait. Um, Bigfoot versus Loch Ness Monster. What the fuck <laughs> is this? You Googled it too. <laughs> Aretha Franklin versus Barbara Streisand. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, Kristen Cavallari versus Misha Barton. Oh, this is when you know Luna. it. This is when you know it was the '90s. Bruce Willis and Demi Moore versus Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. <laughs> that's when you know it was the '90s. Indeed. Indeed. Nev Campbell versus Sarah Michelle Geller. So that's Scream versus I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah, I I know. I got it. I got that. I, I no, got I it. was I was doing a Crockett right then. I was thinking out loud. Okay. That's funny. We had Wild. Jake Gyllenhaal versus Toby Maguire. Wild. Jennifer Lopez versus Dolly Parton. That makes no sense. <laughs> oh, wow. You, they give you, I'm on Wikipedia. I don't know what you're on, but like they give you the description, like the breakdowns of each fight for that episode. <laughs> the Dolly Parton one, this is hysterical. The Dolly Parton one says, Dolly Parton floats into space and explodes after her breasts are overinflated by her special breast enlarging <laughs> armor. <laughs> I miss the late 90s and early 2000s so much. <laughs> Okay, we definitely have to watch this. This sounds so terrible. Oh, I miss it so much. Anyway, Hakami. <laughs> Bring it on back. Bring it all the way back to Hakami. Okay. I can't wait to type out the episode description for this one. And we're just like, what does D- Dylan see in Milena? How did Dolly Parton's boobs come into the conversation? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So anyway. <sighs> focus be an adult okay emma brings violet a latte at the beginning of the shift and violet just like throws it out she's like fuck this noise like bye and so ritter and Geller are like the fuck dude like why did you just do that it's because they don't know that they don't know that hawkins was like dude like don't tell anybody about this ultimatum they have and no they idea think because the last thing they know is that like because violet had said last week she was going to try to be civil towards emma and they don't obviously know the new development. So yeah, Ritter's like, I thought you were going to be cool now. And she's like, yeah, nah, nah, nah. yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, 
Yeah. So Gallo notices that something's up with Violet and he goes to talk to her in the bunk room. And this is, this is sweet, but also like kind of wanted to punch Gallo a little bit, but like, this is also, it's the, it's the best of both. So she's like, no, I'm totally fine. And then he's like, no, you're, you're not though. Like you're not. And so she immediately is like, Emma blackmailed us, this bitch. I'm going to kick her ass. And Gallo's pissed. He's like, he's like, I'm going to say something. And Violet's like, no, please don't, please don't. He's like, no, like you can't stop yeah. me. And so, yeah, she's like, please, Blake, like, I don't want to make things worse. Promise me you won't say anything or do anything. And he's like, I can't promise that. That's the moment where I was like, I want to punch you a little bit. I didn't think it was that bad. I like, I, I think it was more just because he's so worried about her mm-hmm. that like, I get it. Like, obviously she's afraid of what's going to happen if he says something, but like all he cares about is Violet and making sure Violet is okay. Yeah. And like that Violet's going to be, you know, protected or whatever. And like, I, I can respect that, especially after all the shit that Gallo went through earlier on and kind of just the asshole he was earlier back then. Like, I, this isn't that bad. And like, it's clearly from his, like a good place. So I'm okay with it. Yeah. So then, uh, Mason finds Emma in the locker room and like while the episode's going on, uh, it, it, Emma's like in a good mood, right? She's a happy little psychopath. She's just like, mm-hmm, this is great. This is wonderful. And Mason's like, so like you put up a picture in your locker. Like I haven't even done that. And he's like, you don't even see it. You don't see a lot of floaters put up pictures. He's like, I'm permanent. And I'm still too, too superstitious for that. Um, and she just goes, a lot of people think that way, but I think it's backwards. It's all about manifesting what you want, Mason. And we are manifesting that you get the fuck out, Emma. Like, yep, yep. Works both ways, woman. Mm-hmm. You can manifest that you're staying, but you've got an entire fandom manifesting that you GTFO. Yep. 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 We're also manifesting that Jimmy becomes a regular. We're still manifesting that. We're manifesting a lot of things. Let's be real. We, yeah. Leading up to the finales, we're manifesting a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. I think we're manifesting so much that like the mental image I have, if it's just us like crushing under the weight of it all, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. So then Gallo goes to see Hawkins. This is good stuff. Mm-hmm. What can I do for you, Gallo? Violet told me what Emma's doing. And you're not seriously going to go along with this blackmail scheme, are you? Of course not. Okay, so what are you going to do about it? It's complicated. Oh, I know how complicated it is. Yeah, well, no offense, Gallo, but um, it's not really your business. Gallo, it's not my business. Violet's my friend. And I care about her too much to just stand by while some sociopath tries to blow up her career. I'm handling it. Okay. How? I pulled a personnel file from her time over at Glen Ellen. And? She came with such strong recommendation, I almost didn't notice it when she first applied. There's faint lines in the space right after disciplinary action, like someone whited out what was in the original, then typed not applicable over when they photocopied it. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Yeah, I was gonna go out there and talk to her old chief, but if the brass catches wind of it, they may start asking hard questions I'm not ready to answer yet. Well, I'll go talk to her. Whoa. I don't know. We're on the same side here. We both care about what's best for Violet, so let me do this. Literally the scene we've all wanted for forever. Hawkins and Gallo working together for the sake of Violet. Yes. Not against each other, not jealous feelings or whatever because of Violet. 
working together to protect the one thing they have in common, which is Violet. And I loved the way Gallo delivered that reminder of like, dude, we're on the same team. Yeah. Like we have the same goal. Yeah. Love it. What In I that love, tiny I mean, little like, moment, Gallo yeah. grew up. What I love the fact too, that earlier Gallo's even like, you know, cause Hawkins is like, well, you know, no offense, but like, it's not really your business. And Gallo's just like, fuck that. Like Violet's my friend. And like, I care about her and I don't want to see some sociopath, like blow up her career. I love that. I love it. I too. thought it was great. I love it too. Yeah. Yeah. He was very mature in that moment. Whereas in like mm-hmm. past episodes, Gallo just speaks his mind and it's just like, bleh, 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 bleh. this was good. Yeah. But I don't, and I think the thing, like you said, very mature because I don't feel like Gallo overstepped the line. No, no, this was good. This was really good. So Gallo takes the Intel that he got from Hawkins and he goes over to Glen Ellen to see her old chief. But this guy is like, who is that guy? I'm just here. So I don't get fined. Hmm. Who's that athlete who said that? Oh, Alan Iverson. That that's basically what the, the that's basically what the old chief says. He's like, "What can you tell me about Emma?" And he's like, "I'm just here so I don't get fined." And he says it like over and over. And Gallo's like, "You have been no help whatsoever. Great." So. Oh wait, yeah. no, that wasn't Alan Iverson. Wrong sport. I'm thinking about that's practice. We don't talk about practice. Um, I think that was Marshawn Lynch. Oh yeah, yeah. That's basically what the chief does. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he just basically is like, I can't say that it's confidential information. And he recites the same two lines over and over. And Gallo's annoyed. Gallo's like, oh, this bitch. Yeah. So the next shift, Gallo tells Violet about what he did and what he found out. And it's not much. And she, he's like, I know you told me not to do anything. Don't be mad. And she said, I'm not mad, Gallo. Like, I'm not mad. 61 gets called to the scene of a car hitting a pedestrian and oh god emma just starts acting like she's pic and just like takes over yeah she is like she is in living in her own la la land she is like i don't even know what's going on i'm just gonna do whatever the fuck i want that's not how it works honey you are not just violet has not left yet you you are not pic she starts bossing Violet around. Excuse me. Like, excuse me while I search for the audacity. Mm-hmm. This bitch. Mm-hmm. So Violet's like, we need to back up from the street. Like, let's do that first and foremost. Because I don't know. That's kind of what a PIC does. And it's like, hey, maybe it's not safe and we should back it up. So Emma starts to, like, say something or whatever. And, like, on cue, a car comes out of nowhere and rear-ends the car in front of it. And Violet pulls Emma out of the way in the nick of time. Mm-hmm. I just, Violet had the opportunity to final destination her ass and she yep. didn't. She didn't because she is a bigger person than all of us. But she is pissed. Oh, she's so she's pissed. like, get off the side of the street. Like, mm-hmm. move. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, you know how we always used to make the joke about like Casey being pancaked by an elevator? Like there's being, oh pancaked. yeah. Yeah. So you could either be pancaked by an elevator or like pancaked by an oncoming car. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Total final destination moment. Yeah. So they get back to 51 and Emma tries to pull the whole like, oh my God, I'm so grateful for you saving my life. Like I'm not a bad person. Oh my God. Thank you. She's a psychopath. I ain't believing that shit. None of it. Nope. 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 No. So 
Hawkins goes back to his office at the end and Emma is waiting for him. And we get this. What are you doing here? Been doing a lot of thinking, Chief, about Violet and the whole situation there. Okay. Here's the thing, Chief. I'm kind of over the stall tactics. I'm ready to make 51 my permanent home. We don't need to wait for Brett to get back. I need you to make it happen by next shift, okay? <sighs> I know, I know. Um, quick posit on a positive note, we started and ended the episode with Hawkins. We like that. True, and Hawkins in the middle too. Yep, hey, cool. We're winning, we are winning. I don't know, maybe we should do something cool like make him a regular. <laughs> I feel like we just have to say that every episode now until it happens. I I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, it could be like when we get to hiatus and we're talking about like just Chicago Med, we're still going to find a way to work it in. We're going to find a way to be like, you know what? <laughs> Med should hire somebody like this. You know what? I think Evan Hawkins would be great for that. <laughs> we're going to do some like random episode two about some random show that has nothing to do with it too. And we're going to be like, oh yeah, but Hawkins. And we're going <laughs> to, yeah. 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 But. I, I am, I mean, I thought maybe they were this close to pulling off the stalling. They were this close, but Emma, you know, as much as I hate the bitch, she is smart. This was a completely unrealistic demand, though. Yeah. If the next shift is like the next morning, then what do you want him to do? Well, no, there's two. Theoretically, this could be the first day because, you know, it's 24 on, 48 off. So technically, there's two days in between shifts. Mm-hmm. So this could be the first one and then they could still have a full 24 hours. But yes, theoretically. So is that why? Okay, you remember that filming picture that we were all freaking out about because people were like, Jimmy has his hands behind his back. Does he have cuffs <laughs> on or whatever? Um, but like we were wondering why Hanako was in, well, Violet was in um, like regular clothes and why um, Emma was in her uniform. Mm-hmm. Do we think that Violet actually doesn't work at shift? 51 that's a good question um like would that be why i wonder if like the higher-ups find out and like suspend them for a shift or something i don't know yeah i don't know either but i i don't think hawkins gets arrested i think that was between yeah and jimmy had his hands behind his back back. (laughs) yeah (laughs) people just like to assume things with him remember the knuckles again just a reminder we are not okay (laughs) like I mean, we've not been okay. Are we ever okay? No, we're not. But we're especially not okay at season finale time. True. Our brains go off the charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. We got some listener thoughts on this, of course. Um, note how vocal all the listeners are about Hakani. Hint, hint. <laughs> hashtag make him a regular. Just saying. Okay. Alexa said Emma needs to back off. She definitely did something to spook the chief from the other firehouse. And then she put in parentheses, threatened him, maybe. I really hope that Gallo and Hawkins can figure something out to get Emma out of 51. And I wish Bowden was in the loop with this whole situation. I mean, he had his chance and he, he can't, though. He has yeah. nothing to do with the paramedics. That's and like, true. which is hysterical because I would have thought up until this season when we added Hawkins as a character. I mean, I, I knew there was a paramedic chief, right? But I thought Bowden would have had a little more influence in it yep until this season and they're just like nope it's all hawkins and i'm like okay um 
But yeah, I honestly, I don't think she necessarily did something to the other chief at the other firehouse. I think something, of course, happened at the firehouse, but like, he's just bound by the fact that like, he, cause he clearly looked conflicted, right? Like he wanted to say what he knew about Emma, but his job is preventing him from doing so. Yeah. I don't think we were talking about this when we were on FaceTime last night. I think that whatever she did has something to do with the guy in the picture with her that she put in her locker. Yeah, because she never really said who that was, did she? No, nobody really noticed. But like they made such a point about like, oh, you put a picture in your locker and this is the picture and it's her and a guy. I'm like, so I think it definitely probably has something to do with that. Hmm. Whatever it is. I don't know what she did, but that. Yeah. Um, Jess B said, Emma is str- a straight up psychotic bitch though. Um, imagine saving your life. Uh, imagine someone saving your life and you still try to ruin their career. Violet should have just let the car hit her Regina George style. Gonna be fun watching <laughs> Violet Hawkins and Gallo take her down though. I wonder what she did to make that Glenn Ellen chief act like that though. The mean girls references. They make me so happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how Emma Jacobs died. <laughs> totally kidding, but she did get hurt. <laughs> Love it. Um, we also got one from a user called Applebottom, and they said, you know what? I feel like an in-depth discussion about whether Gallo still has Violet's phone number is warranted. We'd be watching a very different show if he just learned to call her off shift. Talking about Emma while at the firehouse gave me such unnecessary anxiety. Interesting. Good point. Good point. I think still, even through this, even though Gallo is coming up big for her and he's really trying hard to like, you know, protect her and keep her safe and everything. I still see him as a little puppy dog. He is still a little boy. Well, yeah, he's definitely still like the millennial we all know and love, but I think he's definitely stepped up a lot. And I think, especially compared to what he, what what we were saying about Gallo six, seven weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's come a long way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's well, not to say we, we, we're not back on the Valo train. I don't think we ever will be. No, but I don't, I don't know. We were talking about this last night too. I'm, def- I'm definitely not back on the Valo train. I will never be back on the Valo train. But that, I think what I've come to really respect and what I've realized about it is like, just because the ship has some nice, like, I think I can still appreciate the fact that like, I still really like their gym makeout. I still really do like that scene. Um, I still like some of their banter and stuff. Like I still like some of their like more shippier moments from mm-hmm. pre Hawkins, but nothing will just ever compare to Hakami. It just won't. And, and and I think we talked about this with other ships before. I, you can, it is perfectly okay. Even though a ship didn't pan out, it's perfectly okay to accept them for what they were. Like yeah. when we look back on the old days, I loved Gabby and Jay together. Like, yeah, I loved it. And Mills and Gabby, I love that too. Neither one panned out, but like, doesn't mean I can't appreciate them for what they were. Yeah. And so just it's totally be fine. It's definitely okay to change your mind too. We were definitely Valo shippers when that was a thing. Yep. And now we are not. And now that is okay. Not. You are allowed to change your mind. Yep. Yep. You are allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to like multiple ships at once, believe it or You're not. You're allowed to like multiple ships. Even if someone was a Valo shipper and a Hakami shipper, I'd be like, okay. You can do that. You can do that. You can do whatever you want. Yep. 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 <sighs> Any other See, notes on uh, Hakami? No, but I was going to say, speaking of ships, should we talk about the other one? The other one. Yes. Yes. The uh, other one that the left off so awkward last week. 
The Stellarides. The Stellarides. Go ahead. Okay. So like you said, ended really weirdly last week. So they're getting ready before shift and there is just so much awkward tension between them. They're like bumping into each other. Nobody really knows how to act, which is like weird because you're getting married, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so they're about to head out the door. Severide's closer to the door and Stella just like looks at the wedding contract that like hasn't been turned in yet and just like leaves it on the counter though when she's like, when Seb's like, oh, are you ready to go? So it's just, it's weird. Things are just weird between them. Yep. So 81, while they're on shift, 81 and squad three get called out to a scene where like a car crashed with a food truck. So Severide and squad are working on the food truck and they pull the guy out. Do you remember where you, do you know where you recognize this guy from? I recognized him and okay. Okay. Let me, let me think back. I recognized him and I want to, is it from another project or is it from one Chicago? No, it's from another project. I recognized him. I couldn't place it though. Who is he? Well, he, on the show that I'm thinking of his name, his, his name in real life is Mac on the show. He played Mac on the night shift. Shit. Mac was the, Mac was the one who they came across on the call who actually ended up being like a medic or something like that. Wh- which one was he? Yeah. He ends up being a medic on the night shift. Dude. Love it. I yeah. miss that show. I miss it. I, I want to do a rewatch at some point. I missed that show. Yeah. I did recognize him. Um, but anyway, and so uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So basically, they, Severide and Squad are working on a food truck. They pull the guy out, but he is like freaking out over like what's inside. And when he sees smoke coming out of the truck, he, of course, like runs back towards it, which is like dummy number one, move 101. Yeah. The number one thing you don't do. Yeah. Um, and of course, the truck ends up exploding. Or, you know, booming. Not exploding, but, like, booming. Um, but nobody gets seriously hurt. I mean, the guy, and, but, like, this guy is still, like, blabbing on about the truck and, like, whatever he needs out of it. But anyway, once the fire is out, though, Herman makes a comment to Severide about, like, the propane tank, you know, that because Severide was initially worried about the fact that the propane tank was going to blow. And Herman's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, it didn't actually blow. He's like, that's a damn miracle or whatever. And it is. I mean, yeah, nobody you, wants to see an explosion like that. You know what else is a damn miracle is that this guy got like fired to the face mm-hmm. and he did not get one eye jimmied out of it. He just like had like nope. a tiny little burn, whereas Jimmy lost a whole ass eye. Jimmy, well, more, not Hawkins, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy from Jimmy Borelli. Yeah, yeah. Borelli. The yeah. name was right there. Yeah. Um, but no, what we're also very lucky about the fact is that Cruz didn't get hurt. Right. Yeah. Bubble wrap that man, please. Please. He's got two babies now. Yep. Yeah. Um, so later on when they're back at the firehouse, Cruz and Severide are talking on that floor and about Cruz not being Severide's best man. <laughs> and Cruz is just like, you know, I'm just saying I'm here for you anyways. Like a second best man. Like if you need me to do something, you know, here locally that Casey can't do, like I'm here. Um, but I thought it was funny because they made it seem like it was going to be such a big deal. Like in Derek and Andrea, like we're talking about it in a bunch of like interviews, you know, beforehand or whatever. And it was like, basically like one line. Yeah. I was like, I can handle that. Like one line, fine, whatever. Cool. Um, and so Severide's answer, he just kind of like shrugs his shoulders. He's like, Oh, whatever. Second best man, whatever. Uh." (laughs) Um, 
So all of a sudden the food truck victim stops by the firehouse and he's like, Hey, you know, I was just curious if you guys know what they did with my truck. Like I've been trying to call the number. I can't get an actual person. And so Severide basically is looking for any excuse not to go home. So he's like, yeah, sure. I'll look into it for you. Like I'll play fire cop. No big deal. But it's like also awkward AF because Stella is like, oh yeah, by the way, I scheduled, we have that tasting scheduled at the venue, but like, we'll just cancel it. Like, it's just so weird. Everything about this, it's just so weird. These two. Yeah. Yeah. So Cruz and Severide go and track down the food truck and they find it at what, you know, finally like the fourth place they go. So Severide goes to check it out because he was like, yeah, the way the guy was acting earlier, he's like, it just gives me a feeling. He's like, I know something's up. So they go, they, you know, whatever. Um, they start noticing weird things on the propane tank. So they end up opening up and turns out it's not full of gas. It is full of drugs. Just Severide things. Just Severide. Severide would casually just stumble upon some drug dealers. Buy your cup fire cut yeah yep so because we're on a day off shift herman and seller are over at molly's and they're restocking the bar and he's like oh yeah like have you guys made a decision on your like liquor package whatever and yada 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 so i was like no well we did but you know we backed out he's like honestly we may call off the whole wedding and herman's like what and we get this conversation talk to me what's going on things have been weird you know, it's like the more real it gets, the less we want to talk about it. We went from writing deposit checks to just avoiding the subject altogether. Wedding jitters are normal. I don't know if that's it, though. You know, I just part of me wonders if we ever really got over the whole me going MIA thing, or if he's hanging on to something. Or if we just, if we both have so much baggage when it comes to marriage that it was bound to spill out eventually. Maybe there's a good reason we've been putting this off for so long. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Who are we kidding? There's gotta be a bunch of good reasons not to go through with it and There's only one real reason, one good reason to do it. Because you love each other. Love part is easy. Never question that. Well, there you go then. All right, keep it simple. That's my advice. How did we go from the liquor package being too expensive to calling off the wedding? Yeah. But also leave it to Herman to just give, like, be the best person to talk to and, like, give the best advice. Yeah. He's like, yeah, who are we kidding? You know, he's like, you know, keep it simple. Like, you you guys love each other. Like, it's going to be fine. I would totally attend a TED Talk. Like, Herman and Dr. Charles should do a TED Talk together. Oh, my God. That would be hysterical. I don't know what they would do it about, but they should do it together. That would be hysterical. I would attend. Uh, duh. Mm-hmm. Duh. Yeah. So Severide calls Upton because, again, going back to Severide, he calls Upton and he's like, Yeah, whatever. And she's like, Cool, you're on your way. I'll wait for you. So he waits for her to show up. And while he's waiting, he keeps hearing noises. 
So he goes around to the other side of the truck, checks it out, doesn't hear anything. He goes back to the back of the truck and finds the victim guy waiting for him. So, of course, he falls Severide. Um, and, of course, the victim guy ends up trying to pull a gun on him when Upton all of a sudden shows up and she's got the gun in the back of his head. And it's just like, hell yeah. Hell I want to yeah. be Haley when I grow up. Mm-hmm. I love her. And so, of course, this victim guy is just like, you bad. Call Kelly. Like, you have no idea what you just stepped into. And I'm just like, oh, no. Oh, geez. Whatever, dude. So after the next shift, Severide's leaving and he hears this guy calling out for some help. So Severide doing, you know, what any other normal first responder would do. He runs towards the action. And so he's like all of a sudden running through this alley and he ends up getting the shit beat out of him by like a gang of guys. I mean, he holds his own pretty good for a while, but like ultimately there's just too many, you know, going against him. I thought about this because I was like, honey, that's a trap. The minute the guy was yelling, I was like, that's a trap. But also it's Kelly. He's not going to not go. Yeah. 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 So Bowden calls Stella over the radio and he's like, there's been an incident. So she rushes to med and Severide's going to be okay. But they have what honestly is, well, just play the clip. Stella, I love you. I know. And I'm just, I know I've been pushing too hard to get my way on everything lately. Yeah, but I think we both know that's not the real problem here. It's insane. We run into burning buildings for a living. Why the hell are we so scared of this? Maybe because we don't know what the hell we're doing. There's no academy for this. The only way to learn how to run into a real fire is by doing it. So let's just do it. Let's not wait another four months. Let's do it next week. That sounds perfect. This scene destroyed me. I think I've cried every time I've watched it. Or shed a tear, at least. Yeah, the the scene absolutely wrecked me. It's so vulnerable and honest and emotional. And it's just like, oh, my God. Just the, the tears were like pouring out of Kelly's face. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those that like, it was towards the end of the episode and we went into PD and I was like, I cannot focus right now. Like I'm nope. still, I'm still, I'm still like, very in much shambles. in Celeride. Yeah. 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 It's so good. But so they get end up getting interrupted by Bowden and the detective who's on the case. Um, and apparently like one of the food truck guy, the one that we've been knowing this whole time is cousins with one of the guys who beat Kelly up. Like basically they're players in the opioid trade who are now starting to get into like retail. And the food truck was like the first foray into that. And um, the guy, the detective just like, we're going to do our best to get these guys, but you got to stay alert. Do not hurt his beautiful face. Don't show up at the wedding. I mean, now that we know the wedding's on a boat, I don't think anyone's showing up to destroy the wedding, but like still. Surely he throws that guy out of the window before the wedding. Oh, he better. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, also, shout out to every citizen of Chicago who just happened to be like, hey, look, there's a show filming. Oh, hey, look, somebody's pushing a guy out a window. Shout out. We salute you. Yeah. Yes. Um, but we did have some listener thoughts. Um, Jess B said, also amazing, if not a bit surprising, was that Celleride pretty much got their shit together this episode. I was expecting this drama to drag out until the finale, but they actually acknowledged what the real problem was and addressed it. I'm kind of annoyed that they didn't talk about Severide's cheap shot. Well, I thought it was a cheap shot anyway, about Sella always getting her way. And I am curious if the Gallo squad stuff will come back up anytime soon. Either way, I'm glad they seem to be back on the same page, but I prefer them dealing with, or I prefer them dealing with outside drama as a team than having drama between them. Mm-hmm. Um, she also said, did anyone see this drama with Severide and the drugs and the food truck coming though? I've tried to stay away from behind the scenes and promo picks for the show. So I don't know if some of this stuff was hinted at, but I was not expecting this kind of drama going into the finale. Yeah. I think if you like, if you're into the behind the scenes stuff and the promo picks and like every interview, then like, yeah, you kind of knew some of like something was happening. Not necessarily that it was like drugs and you know, whatever, but like, it was definitely hinted at for sure. Yeah. Um, and then she also said, also, did you guys recognize the guy in the car watching Kelly getting beat up? He's been on Chicago Fire before. Way back in season two, he played the asshole union president who went and helped save 51 and who Mouch ended up running against. Hmm. I did not catch that, but that is a great catch. That is a great catch. Yep. Yeah. And then Jenna Kay said, when Seth mentions the squealing of propane, I was having flashbacks to 722. I mean, same. I'm not going to say it again. Not going to do it. Yeah, don't give me chills again. <laughs> yeah. So we also had a really funny comedic storyline with Mouch and Ritter. This honestly, if this, this may be the best one they've ever done, like period, period. So yeah, so I saw that you had said that in our group chat and I like, this is the one drawback of finale time, right? Is that our nerves are so afraid and we are so frazzled and so again, stressed the fuck out. I wasn't really focused on this. Like every scene that went on, I was like, that's great. Go back to the other stuff. Oh no. I love this. I love this so much. And the, when I rewatched it to like do the outline, I was dying all over again. It's so funny. Yeah. And, and I wasn't wanting to like hurry through it because it was bad. It wasn't bad at all. It's just that you know, we're, we're also on edge that I was like, I need to know like the, the meat of the stuff. Like, don't give me, I don't want to laugh right now. I need to know. Oh no. So, see, I actually thought the laughter was like a little bit of a relief because I wasn't <laughs> stressing the whole time. I was just like, this is fucking hysterical. Okay. So Tony and Cap are practicing egg throwing. Who does that? Well, apparently there is a whole, according to them, which I did not Google and now I'm about to a world egg comp- egg throwing competition. Okay, wait, world egg throwing. Oh, world egg throwing championship. Hold on. In England. Yeah. This so is a real thing, y'all. There is a show on Netflix. Um, oh, oh God, Lord. I can't remember what it's called. It's like weird competitions or something like that. And it's like six episodes. And they highlight all of these really weird competitions in certain places in the world. This should be on that show. Um, one of them that they had was another one in England where like um, they have like a, you race down this hill for like a wheel of cheese. Oh yeah. I think I've seen something like that. And then there was one where like it's a frog jumping competition in like the middle of the U.S. somewhere. And then there was That's one crazy. about hair. Let's see. 
home game. Is that what it's called? Yeah, one season. Hilarious. That sh- national egg throwing. Really funny. Oh, there was one about like artistic dog dancing. That's like a possible. It's like a popular sport in Russia. That's wild. Charlie and I had a blast watching that one. We were just like, this is so weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that should be on that. I, I, egg throwing is an actual sport. Okay. <laughs> so they're practicing and cap <laughs> of all people, because why not? Cap takes like a diving leap onto Mouch's couch and breaks it. It's the most Tony and cap thing I've ever heard in my life. It really is though. Yeah. So they're, they're like freaking out. They're like, oh shit. Like we got to clean this up. So like Mouch doesn't see, like we got to do this. So he doesn't notice. So they get back from the first call and Mouch sits down and the couch breaks. And he mad. He's real mad. Oh my God. And like the minute he stands up, he's like, how many times have I warned you people that couches are meant to be sat on, not flopped on? Like he's- Well, and then he immediately points out Gallo, which is hysterical. And then Ritter. And I'm like, it's just so funny. So then he's like looking at the couch legs and cause you know, they're like everybody in, the, in, in 51, they're like, well, that couch is old. Maybe it just like gave way. So Mouch like grabs the legs and he starts looking at it and the wood and everything. And he's like, no, this is a wrongful death. <laughs> so Mouch enlists Ritter and his camera thingy, air quotes, um, to help with the investigation. So funny. Yeah. So funny. I was just dying the whole time because like the next part, so like Match is able to figure out like which way the force came from by the way the legs were cracked and I was just dying and then Cap is like picks up a piece of lint and he's like is this evidence and they're like Ritter's like no that's lint. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I guess the rule of thumb out of that one is like never try to pull a fast one on a firefighter especially with that one because like of course they're gonna know which way the force came and like which way it fell no i feel like that was a mouch thing not even just like so every funny. firefighter thing that was a mouch thing for yeah. sure so in the next shift mouch and ritter are still working on their investigation when ritter notices something in a picture and they don't even talk and they're able to put the pieces together of it being mouch and tony's fault or cap and tony's fault from throwing eggs yeah the not talking and the reenactment is it's truly one i think one of the best scenes of fire history it is honestly just hysterical like it is just it is a work of art it's just a plus acting from christian stolte it's just it's amazing it's so fucking funny him like standing over the couch and then he like pretends to grab the egg and like turns one way and yeah. then he's like maybe it's the other way well, and then he like notices across the way that like tony's name is by breakfast on the board and it's just it's so funny it's oh yeah and the so egg funny. thing where like they, they don't say anything they just point to the board and they're like mm-hmm. it's, oh my god it's so funny it's, it's really it's hilarious so ritter and mouch call in tony and cap for questioning just let's let's look at that sentence one more time they call in Tony and Cap for questioning. Not Hank Voigt, Mouch, and Ritter. Mm-hmm. Cap and Tony, you know. Uh, Tony denies anything, but Cap caves immediately. Hysterical. Oh my God, it's so funny. It's just like Mouch doesn't even say anything. Cap's like, I did it. It was me. I'm sorry. Like, my bad. So later on at the hospital, when they're waiting for Severi, Mouch tells him that he's figured out what he wants. And Mouch is like, no, like, I want Cap's blue couch. So. Cap would have a blue couch. He would. He totally would. Very funny. Yeah. 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 
I just love that it was phrased as a murder mystery and the murder was the couch. Is hysterical. And also it, how, everything about it is hysterical. And how Derek had phrased it, he was like, maybe something's going to happen to the couch. Yeah. And it did. R.I.P. 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 Maybe that's the death. Maybe the death is the couch. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Oh, it would be so nice. Oh my God. Like, I will gladly get on this podcast on Thursday with a clown mask if the death is the couch. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my God. Yeah. So some listener thoughts here. Alexa S said, with Mouch and Ritter trying to figure out the murder mystery, it was hilarious. Also, I think Mouch has been getting some tips and tricks from Trudy with the crime scene tape and getting all of the information and that kind of thing. I forgot about the crime scene tape. Yeah. Hysterical. <laughs> that was amazing. So good. And it wasn't just the couch. It was like, not, it wasn't like the whole room, but it was like the whole enough. section by the TV. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And so uh, she put in parentheses, that was probably where the murder aspect came in that was talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Love it. Um, Jess B said that com- comedic storyline was probably the best or probably possibly my favorite of the season, maybe even of the entire show. It was so fucking funny. Have Mouch and Ritter been watching PD because they could have intelligence. They could have give intelligence a run for their money. The crime scene tape, Mouch interrogating Tony while Ritter leans on the wall in the background with a file. The way they walked the crime scene, working out who had alibis and who didn't just fucking amazing. Art. It's, it's truly the, it's a work of art. Art. It's yep. amazing. Yeah. It's a good episode. It was a good episode. It Any- was really good at setting up the finale, I think. So Cause I think it's very clear, like what we're going in. I mean, obviously we said the promo and the promo was also just all the feels because you see Casey and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm not ready for him to, co- I mean, I am ready for him to come back, but like, I'm not, my emotions are not. Um, but I think it's very clear that like what we're focusing on next week based on this is okay. Based on the episode, not the promo. Yeah. I was going to say we get baited by the promo all the time. Well, I think the promo, I mean, Casey comes back the wedding. I mean, like it made it look like everything was going to be okay. And we know it's well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like seeing Casey again just like warmed my cold dead heart because, yeah, the like, long hair though. I know you you don't know what you got till it's gone. Is the it's like for me at least? And like after ten oh five, I was like, this really sucks, but I'll adjust. And yeah. then like you see reruns on like Ion and stuff and USA, and I'm just like, I really miss Casey. Like yeah. this hurts a lot more than I yeah, thought. It every would. time I see something, I'm like, ah. I miss him so much. So that'll be nice to see him. And Stella and like Bowden's gonna walk her down the aisle. I know. No. And like everybody's there and it's gonna be so good. I'm not ready. No, I'm not ready either. I'm like, I'm scared. I'm scared. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's not going to be all like sweet and easygoing. That's just what the promo wants you to do. No, I think the wedding itself, I think the five, seven minutes of whatever the actual wedding content is, I think will be. I don't think anything is actually going to happen to the wedding itself. It is the before and the after. I'm not saying the reception. I'm talking about the wedding ceremony itself. Mm -hmm. Nothing is going to go wrong. It is after or before. 
Andrea had said that this death was going to happen early in the episode. Who the F is it? I don't know. If it's Emma, they're not going to give us that satisfaction that early on. Emma does a call with them. Because it was in the promo photos. It was like it, the caption said somebody was like Miranda, Caitlin, and Hanako, maybe? I don't remember now who was in the... It's got to be a patient or somebody minor then. It's got to be. We're not putting the other theory out in the world. No, no. Not until the finale is over and we know what's happened. No, then we will discuss. Then we will discuss. We're not claiming that energy. Nope. I'm so stressed. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay. Is it PD time? Can we rage now? We can always rage. Yes. Can we rage? Let's rage. Let's rage. Let's rage. Okay, let's stretch it first. Yeah. I need we to don't want to pull anything by raging. Uh-uh. Oh. No, just giving it a stretch. Mm-hmm. Okay, pop the back. Stretch the head out. <laughs> yep. So to make sure you know we we want to practice safe raging. We don't want to uh, <laughs> we don't want to pull anything or injure ourselves. Yeah. Okay. PD. Mm-hmm. These Voight and Anna episodes they test my patience. I'm not gonna lie. Fuck Voight. I just I can't I can't hold it in anymore. Fuck Voight. Uh, Gavin Harris wrote this one, which when you, when Gavin writes an episode, you know, it's oh. going to be, it's going to hurt. Uh-huh. It's going to hurt. Um, that is a testament to Gavin and how incredible of a writer he is. Um, God, I would love to get him on the pod, but yeah. Okay. So we start off with Voight and Anna meeting up again. It's a Voight and Anna episode. These episodes test my patience. I, they're hard to keep track of. Okay. So. Anna brings Voight some tapes and tells him that Escano sent her an address and gave her 150 grand and basically was like, okay, go to this address, put that money in a safe. Cool. So Voight so far, he's like, this is good. This means he, he trusts you. So he's like, I'm here. I'm standing right next to you. One step back in the shadows till the end. Okay. You and me. You're a Mm. big fat liar. As soon as that happened, it was like, oh, fuck. Something's going bad. Yeah. Yep. So intelligence follows Anna to this house that she was told to go to. They watch through the body cams and they see her find the pantry of money. And Escano shows up and he mentions to Anna that for some reason he's like, you know, he trusts her. And then he's like, I'm going to need your help with something big in the next few days. And so intelligence is like, hell yeah. Like we got him right where we want him. This is awesome. Because he basically told Anna exactly what he wanted her help with. So they were like, yeah, make it easy for us. Awesome. Um, it's finale time. Nothing ever comes easily. Nope. Sorry, not sorry. You should know that nine seasons in. So they go over what they know in the bullpen. And there's, there's, there's a truck coming from Texas. So they've got two days before it's expected in Chicago. And Ruzik figured out how, like, out of nowhere, Escano just knew to show up at the house. And it's this guy, Mateo. And so this guy, Mateo, he's like low level. He's earning his stripes, air quotes, um, by supplying stolen cars for Escano's meets and deals. So the Upsteads, they go follow Mateo to the garage where he's partying. And he's got like a group of people with him, whatever. They go into like some abandoned warehouse or something. Um, and there was like music thumping and whatever. And as, as people start leaving, they hear a scream. 
Um, there's also the really cute line here about like, when's the last time you went clubbing? Uh, hysterical. The upset banter was on point. <sighs> They're so precious. So what they hear is Mateo and two others gang raping a girl as part of their initiation. Mm-hmm. Um, Haley handles this like an absolute expert pro Boss. queen. Yep. Just perfect. Yep. Yeah. She's very calm, very collected with the, the victim and very just like, you are going to be okay. We're going to get through this. Like you're good. So Boyd's like, all right, well, I guess we're going to take it, but we're going to keep it off paper. So Escano has no clue that we know. Mm-hmm. And so Boyd questions Mateo and makes him talk. And he's like, dude, this wasn't my idea. Escano ordered it and wanted me to film it. That is what sick. a sick fuck. Yes. Sick fuck. Indeed. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So then intelligence is stuck in like a really hard place. They're like, okay, well, Escano ordered a rape. We've got him right there. Like, why don't we bring him in? And Voight's like, no, we're going to stick with the plan. Let me get this. What about Anna? What about her? Anna was raped in a Tomatoes initiation. Escano probably ordered that too. He could have been there while she was being raped. For all we know, he participated. Anna deserves to know that. Look, I agree, but not when she's in the middle of this. If it were me, I'd want to know. Haley. Anna is unraveling at the edges. She has been undercover 24-7 for months. She doesn't know who she is right now. I'm her handler. I'm not putting her through this. Look, one more day, she'll have taken down Escano herself. Do you want that for her? Yeah. Good, me too. So end the discussion. We don't tell her. Oh, I don't agree with Wade at all. I think. They should have told her. He is the worst in this episode. I mean, he's the worst in many episodes, but like real bad in this episode. Real, real bad. I mean, I listen, I do understand on some level Voight's thinking about the fact that like it might shake her, right? That like she won't be able to concentrate if she knows that, you know, Ascano probably ordered her rate to like, I got it. I got it. But she still deserves the right to know and for her to make that choice on whether she thinks she can handle it or not. Exactly. Exactly. And just even some, some of the ways that he says, he's like, I'm her handler. Like, I'm making, no, no, that's not yeah. your decision to make. I just feel like, honestly, I, if they ever call refer to like CI, like people who deal with the CIs as like handlers, do they ever refer to them? something about that just seems really creepy? It does. Right. And I mean, this kind of brings up you know, the, the, it brings up the broader discussion of CIs in general. And so, I mean, I can't really speak to other cop shows, but on PD, especially it really, it's disheartening how they treat these CIs. Like they're like, not necessarily like they're not it's human. Like I'm doing you such a big favor by probably alleviating your jail time or, you know, reducing your sentence or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like you owe me. Yeah. And that's the basic premise on which like CIs operate. But the fact that they, they don't respect, like, it's like when they agree to be a CI, they give up their freedom. They give up their Mm -hmm. like, you know, ability to be like, no, Um, they're basically, they basically become property of CPD. And I, that, that's a weird concept. Yeah. It's a weird concept. It's not like, and it's sad really that like, just because these people made one mistake in their life and they committed a crime, now you view them as a second-class citizen and you expect them to bend to your will at any time. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that doesn't, that irks me. It's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, 
Haley's like, hello, like she's a survivor of sexual assault. We need to tell her. And Voight's like, I'm making that decision. Like we're not telling her. Yeah. Some things are bigger than the case. You. Yep. Yeah. And plus, I mean, okay. So let me make sure I'm understanding this correctly. Cause again, Voight and Anna episodes are hard to pay attention to. They could have brought Ascano in on a crime that he ordered the rape, right? Mm-hmm. They had him right then and there. Yep. But they were afraid. The reason they ultimately, well, Voight, of course, is like, yeah, no. But the reason they decide not to is really because they're like, well, he's going to talk his way out of it, basically. I think the idea is they want something more concrete, you know, with more concrete evidence, you know, than just him saying, yeah, I ordered a rape. That's like on the game shows when people go like double or nothing. Yeah, I saw I happened today. It was in double Jeopardy. I happened to be downstairs while I was making some tea before this and Jeopardy was on. And the girl was like, yeah, I'm going to, we're going to risk it all. And like on double jeopardy and she got it wrong. I was like, and she went to back to zero and I was like, oh, well, you're not winning this. This is not. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Haley, Haley is not good with this. And I'm I'm glad that like, I'm glad Haley is there to speak up for Anna. I'm glad they showed the pushback that not everyone was just like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Void. We go along with whatever he says. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Escano takes Anna from the bakery and Voight and Jay follow them. They go to some random house and he has her help search his car for cameras, trackers, bugs, all this stuff. She finds the tracker under the car. And this is the one that intelligence placed, right? Yeah, this is the one Kevin had placed there. So she like knows there's a tracker, but she finds the track, you know, she yeah, yeah. finds the tracker. Yeah. And there's the moment under the car where she's just like, do I do? take it off? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I? Yeah. Yeah. And she finds the tracker. She shows it to Escano and he's like, what is that? It's a goddamn problem is basically what they say. So Escano tells Anna to go home and on her way home, she calls her babysitter to ask if she can keep Rafa for a few more days. This see, this is what like, like your CIs are human beings. They're human beings who have fucked up along the way. Mm-hmm. Just they don't deserve to be treated the way that CIs are treated. Well, and just seeing the way Anna breaks down in this moment, right? Like she breaks down without actually breaking down because she, you know, obviously the whole reason she's doing this is for her son uh-huh. and, you know, try to provide him a better life, you know, whatever. And so the fact that she can't even be around him, like she's so vulnerable in this moment. She's like not with it. Um, it's really, pa- it's a powerful scene to watch. There's even that moment um, when I think when she's like going into the place or something, Jay's like, has she slept? And Boyd's like, no, nope. like not yep. at all. Yep. It's bad. Yeah. Really bad. And I would, I would expect more of a handler. I would expect a handler to be looking out for their CI instead of pushing them and pushing them and pushing them. This is PD. Voight makes me so mad. Cause I'm like, right when you're like, oh, he's not that bad. He does something else. And you're like this fucker. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. Yep. So then uh, Anna meets up with Voight and he straight up lies. I don't, you know, I, um, look, I can't even see straight anymore. Okay. I don't, I don't feel like I know what's even real. Um, I want out. No, 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 you don't. You don't want out. You don't. Okay. This is all gonna be worth it. Hey, listen. You gonna put that man in jail. You are. And you're gonna get 10% of everything we seize. 
And you and Ralph are gonna have a good life. The one you deserve. And it's all gonna be because of you. What we're doing here, together, this is real. You know, you two sound just the same sometimes. You can do this. I know you can. Hey, trust me. I got you. Can we just like get something straight real fast? When a woman makes her desires clear, don't say no, you don't. Don't talk them yeah. out of it. We yeah. are very smart. We know what we want and we know how to verbalize what we want. So if Anna says, I want out, she wants out. Yeah. When it's not even like he pulled a like, no, you're legally binded. Like you can't pull out like a contract situation. He was just, he played so many mind games with her and convinced her that that's not actually what she wanted. When it was clearly what she wanted, she wanted out. That is what we call gaslighting. Uh, yeah. That like that would that makes me so mad. Okay, so like little things with me and Charlie, right? Like not on a PD scale, of course, but like if if the air conditioner is up too high, I'll be like Charlie, like I'm really hot. And if he responds with like No, you're not, I'll be like Oh, I swear to God, like it makes me so yeah. mad. Like that's the kind of shit that bothers me on a way smaller scale. Do not come for me. Do not tell me I'm a bad fiance. I love Charlie to death. We all know that. And Charlie can probably hear me right now. Love you. Anyway, way smaller scale, but yeah, for her to make her wishes clear and say, I want out and for him to respond with, no, you don't. Ooh, I wanted to smack him. I was, I'll be honest, last night when I was kind of distracted. So like, I was kind of half watching P like, I, like, I kind of understood that just was happening when I watched this again this morning, I was like livid once I was like really watching it. I was so mad. I was like, I, I mean, I want to say, I can't believe that Voight would do something like this, but of course I believe that Voight would do something like this. And he's such a chicken shit when you think about it, right? Because it's all finding, it's all fun and games if he's putting somebody else's life on the line. If you were to ask him to do that and step up and put his life on the line, he wouldn't. Nope. No. Nope. He'd find a way to weasel out. Nope. And if it was somebody he loved, like his inner like circle, like if it had been Lindsay or Justin or Al, I think those three, I think if any one of them were in say in his position, he wouldn't have be acting this way either he'd find he would find a way to send in jay or ruzik or yeah yeah mm. like just because you are willing to take that risk does not mean everybody else is willing to take that risk fucking irked me i hated this loyalty to void is a dangerous dangerous thing mm-hmm. dangerous yeah um i also love that line where anna was like you two sound the same sometimes like void and yeah yeah she had some one-liners in this episode that I was like, yes, queen. I'm not really the biggest Anna fan. We've talked about this. I'm not like the biggest Anna fan, but in this episode, I was like, hell yes. She's smart. Yeah. She's not as dumb as Voight thinks she is. No, not at all. Not at all. I, I feel like she deserves a lot more respect from Voight than she gets. And she gets a lot of respect from Voight. He, like, he does care about her, but she deserves more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Right, and take it from here, please. Okay, so intelligence is in the bullpen, and they're you know talking things out or whatever. When Voight gets a text from a, with an address from an unknown number, and like a location, so Voight goes to this park or whatever, and turns out it was Escano, and Escano like 
you know, slyly hands him back the tracker and they're having this whole conversation, yada, yada, yada. Even at one point brings up Voight going to jail and basically, he basically tries to slit him into like being a dirty cop for him is basically what ends up happening in this conversation. The bag from the bakery. I was like, yeah, those are not donuts. Yeah. I did like the little reference to Voight going to jail. It's been a while since we've had a reminder that Voight has, you know, been in jail. Mm-hmm. Always yeah. a needed reminder sometimes. Um, so the next day intelligence goes, you know, meets up and they go over how they're going to handle like the Escano and a buy that's been going, that's going down. So at the bakery though, Escano, you know, they're getting ready for the buy, whatever. And Escano tries to search Anna, but she reassures him that she's like, you know, I've had your back since that first delivery. And Escano tells her that, the, you know, the real reason they're after him is because of Mateo's initiation and Anna starts freaking out. But like the way he's searching her through this whole conversation, it's just so fucking creepy. It's totally creepy. And it it's, she's, it triggers her. Yeah. Of course it does. Of course it does. Yeah. I'm not surprised. You didn't have to put her through this, Hank. Straight up. No, no. So she is mad because of course, like she said, she just learned that Voight lied to her. So Anna says off to do exactly as Iskana told her, but Voight tries to call her and she is not picking up on purpose anymore. She is just straight up mad at him, which good for her. Mm-hmm. Good for her. So Voight keeps calling her, but she, again, she doesn't answer. So he basically like stops her. He has Trudy like figure out where he's going to go. And like, he basically like stops her car. So her car literally can't go anywhere until she talks to him. <laughs> it's like and a we, scene straight out of my nightmares. Yeah. And we get this. See. You knew Hannah. A woman was hurt in an initiation. It was a gang rape, right? That's why they took Matteo in. So you lied. You stood in front of me. And you told me, you and me. And then you lied to me. Hannah, I did it so you could keep going. That's my choice. No, it's mine. You're my responsibility. It's my job to protect you. Protect me? What do you think? I'm my child? He ordered my rape, right? Was he there? I don't know. No, come on. I don't. Why should I believe you? Yana, I let you in my life. I gave you everything I have. Which is this. The job. I'm being as real as I can. Escano didn't spot your pen cam. If you want to do this, if you still want to get him, then we will. Go to hell. I'm going to do this for me. And then I don't ever want to see you again. This made me so mad. No, it made me so mad. I mean, on the one hand, I was proud of Anna for actually, like, sticking the fuck up to Voight because mm-hmm. nobody seems to do so but yeah it made me so mad oh my god the fact that she is she's basically like hey you lied to me you asshole you're in the wrong I don't appreciate it you know and then he responds with like I've done you this favor I've let you into my life I've let you learn about me like you owe me this no fuck no that he noise. doesn't no owe him shit yeah when I loved how at the end, though, she's like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to hell. Like, I'm going to do this for me. 
but I don't want to see you again. Like you didn't win. I won because yeah. I'm going to do this for me, not because of you, not because of Escano. I'm doing this for me. And I was mm-hmm. like, hell yeah, Anna. So you go girl. She's smart. I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, so Anna gets back on her way and basically as soon as, cause they have like, you know, people, different members of intelligence, like staked out throughout the city so they can like work this case. Um, and basically as soon as Kevin sees Escano on the move, like towards the subway or towards the subway, Jesus, towards the suburbs, they start figuring out that like something fishy is clearly going on. And so Voight calls Anna and he's like, pull it, like something's going wrong. Like we're not doing this anymore. And she's like, I'm not letting this be for nothing. And she doesn't pull it. She keeps going with the plan. And so Adam's Adam's at a motel, like watching the first guy that's part of this deal, whatever. He sees something fishy going on. And all of a sudden he's got like shots flying out there. Um, He ends up actually killing a guy, but like shots are flying over there at the motel that upset is way over in some like grocery store parking lot. And they see one of the guys like get into the back of the cartel truck. And I'm like, all of a sudden the guy comes out of the cartel truck. And then basically as soon as upset goes to move on him, the truck explodes and Haley goes flying. Quite literally. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. She flies. Literally. And she is really Kelly, who is an absolute queen, who I really want to have on the pod. But yeah. Yeah. Well, and so I I know a lot of people were upset about this cliffhanger. A, because, I mean, it is upsetting. Like, because then all of a sudden you see Haley is down. I mean, it doesn't, I don't think she's like so, she's not like, she's got like a basically like some scratches on her face and whatever i think she'll be okay in the finale but we don't know that right now and all you see is jay like screaming after her and it's just like oh man the desperation in his voice like i can't rewatch that clip too many times because like he's terrified yeah yeah but the other thing i think the reason people don't like this cliffhanger is it got spoiled it doesn't have the same impact I mean, I think to some people it does, but I think to a lot of people it didn't have the same impact because we kind of knew it was coming. I'm glad it got spoiled, though. Just I'm glad I'm not. I just because it, it made it hurt less. Yeah, I, I like I think it kind of ruined it, honestly. Like, I thought this was a good episode. The Voight and Anna stuff. Like, I thought it was a really good, you know, pull ultimate. And of course, the fact that it's like continued. It's a truly a truly to be continued. Wow. That was a little bit of a tongue twister. Like I like that part of it, but I think this would have had such a better impact. I would have been like, wow, PD was amazing last night. If I didn't already know that Haley was going to go flying. I'm okay with it. I feel like in this instance, like it, it, it not, nothing's going to ease the stress, but it eases the stress a little bit. I feel these shows very deeply. Okay. I wish I was a normal human who like did not feel shows very deeply, but I feel this very deeply. And so to know it was coming kind of helped me, but I can see how I'm in the minority on that. Yeah. Um, But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and praying the show, like it had better start next week with like Jay basically runs to her and then she immediately wakes up. Like, yeah. Yeah. I would hope so. Yeah. 
Mm. We did get that behind the scene picture of like her in the car with Burgess. So she should be okay. Yeah. Should. Should. Is the keyword. Should. Should. Yeah. Oh man, though. Ooh. She flew. Like she flew. I did see a really funny tweet today that was like, because that behind the scenes picture of her and Burgess, she's driving. And somebody tweeted and they were like, can you please explain to me how she is driving after she got yeeted to the moon and back? <laughs> Literally, though, truly yeeted. Yes, yeeted. Indeed. Mm-hmm. She's like 12 feet of air. Yeah. Damn straight her head hit hard when she hit the, the concrete. My goodness. She better freaking be okay, though. I think she's going to be, though. She, I, I'm going to need her to wake up like immediately, like 901 central time. I need her opening her eyes and being like, Jay, what the fuck? Like, yeah. And of course, at that point, after she went flying, that's when we got on the FaceTime with our pod squad friends. And I was just like, I quit. I'm done. I can't do this. I hate it here. Like, yeah. Mm. Brutal. Mm -mm. Brutal. But if the cliffhanger is something weight related, I will be so okay with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's Ooh. about time we had a Voight cliffhanger. Like a truly Voight cliffhanger. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Um, of course, we had listener thoughts on this. Um, Alexa S. said, if you had to pick any of the detectives to be paired with in intelligence, who would you pick to have be your partner and have your back? Any of them except Voight. Yeah. My gut instinct was Kevin. I don't know why, but like if I had to truly pick one, my gut instinct was Kevin. I think either Kevin or Jay, because I think they're going to keep it pretty level headed. Mm-hmm. Like Adam, as much as I love him and I think he would have my back any day, Adam is no, no. He's a little too act first, think later for me. I think Kevin's a great option. Cause like you said, Kevin's going to keep you calm. He's going to be level-headed. There's, there's a certain point of Jay where he might be like, suck it up. Let's go. But yeah. like at Kevin, Kevin strikes the balance between both of them. Yeah. I would trust any of the five, but Kevin's a great choice. Yeah. Like I said, any of them would do, but definitely mm-hmm. Kevin. Um, and then she also said, I honestly thought that Anna had hit, had a hit on her. Um, and then to see Haley lay motionless at the end of the episode, what does this mean? It's, terrifying right there is a promo photo uh for the finale of jay like jay's like standing there with like his radio in his hand i don't think he'd be standing there like stationary if Haley was in really bad shape i don't like you said i think it's gonna be resolved relatively quickly i don't think we're gonna be sitting there all episode being like is Haley alive like no i really hope not my my emotions cannot i'm not worried about Haley. Mm yeah um Elizabeth, oh, sorry. This no, was me. I'm sorry. Okay. Elizabeth W said, oh my gosh, this episode was so good. I hate saying that because it was so emotionally damaging. Yes. But all the good ones are. So this whole episode was a good lead up to the finale. I think all the Void Anna centric eps this season have been crazy intense, but also very well done and interesting to watch. And then she said, this episode had many different things that I feel need to be pointed out. So the first thing she can't point out, she says the upstead of the whole episode was amazing. Yes. Upstead. Mm-hmm. My favorite new character on PD this season is Ring Ringstead. Ringstead. That's my favorite new character. Um, yeah. 
Yep. I was on a Zoom call at work like a couple of weeks ago or something, and somebody had like the, the black band. Uh-huh. And in my head, I was like, ah, they wouldn't get that. Never mind. I was going to say, were you, did you say anything or no? It was, No, because, you know, not everybody watches, but it was in my head. I was just like, hey, just like nobody else speaks PD. Okay. Uh, yeah. So she said, we got some married upstead banter at the beginning. That's the only thing keeping me stable at this point. So Haley, when was the last time you were in a club? That was great. And Haley and Jay taking charge and keeping Voight in check. Haley telling Voight that not telling Anna the truth was so satisfying considering how the end of last season when, you know, all that fucked up shit happened. Um, and then the Halsteads taking charge is just chef's kiss. I love that we're calling them the Halsteads. I love they that. They are the Halsteads. They are the Halsteads. They are the Halsteads. That's a spinoff sitcom I would watch. <sighs> yeah. Well, technically, you can throw Will in there, too. Oh my God. Will would be like the goofy brother who just like pops up from next door. It's like 50 style. Like Will walks in and everybody yeah. applauds and like, <laughs> that would be hysterical. Like one, like WandaVision just with Haley and yeah. Jay. Yeah. Yeah. Would love it. Would love it. Uh, she also said white lying to Anna about that kid getting pinched for carjacking was so wrong. I can see how he thought it would be better for her not to know. She's been paranoid, not sleeping, on the verge of a mental breakdown. But after Escano, she basically just started spiraling faster, which pretty much led her to break and sort of go rogue. Yeah, it's exactly mm-hmm. what it did. Exactly. When he told the team the plan not to tell her, he saw all of them kind of shift and they all knew it wasn't a good idea. And what Haley said was perfect, where she said, if it were me, I would want to know. Hell yes. Yes, I feel the exact same. Yes, I'm just let just, me make my decision for me, not, you know, you make my decision and assume that I'll be OK with it. Exactly. And and that that's why, like, if, if I were to choose anybody to be my partner, no, fuck Voight. He would not. There would come a certain no. point where he would not have my best interest at heart and yeah. he would put me in danger. Yeah. And not having my back. A hundred percent. Off the bat. Yeah, sure. But he talks a big game. So, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and, and to take away her autonomy like that too. And she's like, I make that call. And he's like, no, I make that call. No, 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 no. She makes the call. How dare you, Hank? Yep. She makes the call. Yeah. Um, and then she said, yeah, it was a smarter move than to let her find out like she did because now she's not just mad at Escano. She's mad at Hank, which is not a good thing. Um, Voight continued to gaslight Anna to her breaking point. Yeah, he sure did. He sure did. Yep. Yep. Uh, so she also said, you know, I just want to know if either of y'all have theories about what will happen in the finale. Cause my head is swimming. <laughs> I, my head is spinning too. And in a really, really bad way, I, I don't know what's going to happen. My only requirement is that I, I want the core five to be okay at the end of the episode. That's all I want. I, yeah, I still think Anna's going to die. I do. I, I, there has been a little tease, like Lori said some interviews, which we've been talking about in the news section, but like, I guess they're, it's kind of, kind of turn into a divide within the unit or like, at least maybe hopefully the five against Voight would be my true desire. God, I hope um, so. So I don't know. I, I think it, I'll be curious to see, but I still think Anna dies, unfortunately. Is it going to be Hank's fault? God, I hope so. Or Not that I want to see her die because of Voight, but like, because that means he's fucked up and he can, are really fucked up this time. And hopefully that'll be what they can use to change things. But nine seasons later, every time a death is his fault, we're like, he's going to learn. He doesn't learn. He gets away with that. 
Well, I guess it depends on how much she's actually involved in it. I'm wondering if she'll shoot herself in the foot, like figuratively, or or if he'll say something that like makes it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, she said the only one I want to come true though is us getting worried husband Jay and his calm voice. I I I can't emotionally right now, I don't have the capacity. Yeah. I don't. I mean, the but I'll voice, always take Jay's calm voice though. So I will, yeah. The calm voice is great. I'll take that, but like I don't want him worried. I don't want to hear him screaming at Med being like, Where's my wife? I don't want that. I will no. not be okay. No. Just yeah. No. Um just B said PD was good, but so freaking intense. The sexual assault scene was fairly short, all things considered, but hard to watch. And then Voight lying to Anna about it. Why do I feel like all of this is going to come bite, back to bite him in the ass? And the explosion at the end? Haley better be all right or we freaking riot. Next week is just going to be another hour of straight tension and I still have no idea how it's going to end. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can't. Like, I don't want to, but we have to. I know. I'm like, ugh. No. I know. Uh, well, you know, what I said on our group FaceTime last night was, you know, I was like, listen, if we didn't have the pod, I would probably just let these two episodes air and then like watch them back to back. Yeah. But not an option. As, like nothing gets more traumatic than this, the PD finale from last year. Like, can we just not top that and I'll be fine? No. Just, yeah. Gwen, Gwen is not as like mischievous as Derek, right? Gwen's not going to sit there and go, like, how I can I really think fuck this so. Up? I hope not. But this is her first season show running, so. Mm-hmm. But she's been involved in many a season finale before. No, but she never had the full creative control like she does this year. I mean, the plus of having her as showrunner is we know she likes Berzik, so. <laughs> True. She's not fucking with them. True. I hate finale time. I hate it. Yep. The absolute worst. Although, as much as I hate finale time. I don't want the shows to be over either. So like I hate finale time, but then like we're gonna hit the first week of June and I'll be like, wait, what? Yeah, what after after ATX, we're gonna have that moment because like literally the finale's there and then we're at ATX Festival the next week, which never happens. But the week after that, we're gonna be like so Wednesdays. We- yeah. Wednesday? What there people do things on Wednesday nights? Yeah. And then like Thursday night, we're gonna be like, so we have no, we don't have to. What do people do? Yeah. Like, it's odd. Yeah. Um, yeah. So penultimate's down, just season finales to go. Oh man. Another season down. Another season down. We're almost there. Almost there. So you guys know where to find us. Always. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, meet us at Molly's. Email us anytime about anything, please. Meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. It's almost hiatus. We're going to need other stuff to talk about. So please uh, do. Yes. Please do email us, please. Um, if you like the pod, which we really hope you do, because you've made it to the end of this episode, please feel free to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would so greatly appreciate that. It does increase visibility, helps us find new shyhards, all that good stuff. Um, follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV, Bryna. I am at Bryna K13. And yeah, so you're going to hear from us not once, not twice, but three times next week. Yep. Three times. Yeah. So Monday, you've got the med wrap up slash preview for uh, with Jeff and Steve. They're coming back. We have mm-hmm. not scared them away, which is amazing. <laughs> I uh, know. Is this like fourth annual or fifth annual with Jeff and Steve? 
No, because remember in the beginning, we used to do twice a year. Remember, we would do mid-season. So I think Jeff has been on at this point because it started off with Jeff too. Remember Jeff? And then he brought on Steve one time. (laughs) I think this is probably Jeff's like eighth time on the show. It's been a lot. I don't know. I haven't counted, but it's like maybe probably at like eight. That's crazy. That's crazy. Wild to think about. Yeah, that's insane. So yeah, yeah, Jeff and Steve will be on on Monday. On Tuesday, Derek and Andrea will be on the pod. This will be Derek's fifth time, fifth annual. Fifth. Nope. Fifth annual. Yeah. This will be Andrea's first time on the pod. Yes. Um, that's very gonna be really excited. fun. That's they they really seem, fun. it seems like they vibe together so well. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be great. Yeah. So Jeff and Steve on Monday, Derek and Andrea on Tuesday, Wednesday, buckle up. Um, we'll just have a big giant figurative group hug and just hold on to each other tight. Uh, I don't know if it's a good thing, but I don't work on Wednesdays anymore. And I don't know if that's a good thing. Cause then I'm gonna have to sit here and think about the finales like all day. I'm not gonna have work to like occupy my brain that day. Um, I had work today and I couldn't, I couldn't focus. Like all I had, it was the image of like unconscious Haley in my head. <laughs> it was just, it just, just bad. Just bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Wednesday, buckle up, grab a friend, use the buddy system. And you will hear from us on Thursday with our wrap up. Um, and then you'll hear from us huh? the next week at ATX Festival. No, not on Thursday. You'll hear from us on Friday. We'll record it on Thursday. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. Unless you know something I don't know. I don't like... know anything. I wish I knew stuff. Um, God, I wish. Just like dream walk into like future me and, and like watch PD now. That would be great. Watch all of them now. Um, yeah. I wish that was an option, but yes, you will hear from us three times next week. In the meantime, just, just, just stay try and relax. Yeah. Maybe put the one Chicago down for the weekend. Just enjoy just, your weekend. Go outside. Go outside. <laughs> yes. Go outside. Get Maybe watch something that like, watch a comedy, watch something that brings you comfort because this is a very traumatic time of year for shy hearts. Mm-hmm. So yes. In the meantime, everybody have a good weekend. We are here. If you need to talk spiral, get some feels out, whatever you want. And we will see you on Monday. Yes. Bye.